I absolutely love that intro. It's probably the best intro song of all sports media and sports entertainment history. Maybe besides The Rocks from WWE in like 2000, but... Hockey Night in Canada intro? I I think that's iconic, more just as as a Canadian. Yeah, that's pretty iconic. But it's genuinely good. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with you, Walter. <laughs> but I think the, I think F1 just has this like you want to fight and punch, and you want to yeah. just you want to get going. It, it's, and it, it's interesting because it's new, right? Like Liberty Media are the people who had that composed for F1 when they took over Liberty. So yeah, it was actually I actually watched a video of when they first like introduced it. And there was a sim. Actually, you can see there's on YouTube here there is a watch the Formula One theme live for the first time, and then it's like oh, like when they when they announced it some like some date. I think it was like. 2016-ish that they showed it? Or yeah, like I, that? I don't yeah, recall I don't the know. date, but I think that shows to all the listeners, you know, uh, how much we love F1. We can talk about the theme song. It's, I'm going to make that my <laughs> ringtone sometime, someday in my life. Of course, if you've heard that theme song, as Walter Foreman, our F1 guru of the Valley, points out, this is an F1 show. This is the F world. A deep dive pod- an F1 deep dive podcast of the races and qualifying, specifically qualifying today, and all the drama that unfolds on that. Uh, we broadcast live on Civil Radio 101.7 FM and stream live on CIVL.ca. We are located in the in Abbotsford, beautiful British Columbia. It is absolutely, actually a very beautiful day today uh, on the unceded and traditional territory of the Stalo First Nations people of the river. I am your host, Taryn Midzane, and like you know, you know, if you're a long-time listener of the, of the show, like our friend in Belgium, you listen to Walter, Walter Foreman and I talking about the, the F1 theme. And here we go. Welcome, welcome back, Walter. Well, thank you. It's always good to be on the program. But if I'm being perfectly honest, I sort of look forward to these qualifying episodes a bit more because they're happening usually right after the fact, or in this case, because of the time zone difference, a little bit later. But still, there's a there's an energy about it being able to talk about the qualifying, you know, uh, as we've done in the past, literally right after, or in this case, a few hours. Yeah, like I that was a uh, it, it was kind of weird because I I we finished up I think it was like eleven thirty ish p.m. our time uh, in the Pacific time zone if I get if I get the time exactly and I was I just I was getting I got up in my seat just ready to start recording as oh it's tomorrow morning yeah. I, have to, I have to wait I can't just talk about it right away but, but less than twelve hours so it's hot off the press hot off the pr- in in a, in a way yes you know well before uh for for those who don't. Uh, don't know, or, or not so much who don't know, but for those who can't see us, because of course this is radio and, and not live broadcast, eventually, maybe soon we'll get some cameras in here. Walter, you always bring some sort of thing. Uh, your last time was a Pez dispenser. Yep. Uh, you always wear uh, some liveries. Yep. Uh, so I see you got that Williams Racing uh, jacket with you today. You're exactly you right. I bring I, in. I always try to bring something in, some, um, so, uh, some paraphernalia, if you will, F1 paraphernalia, that mm-hmm. is. Um, sometimes I'll wear a shirt. Sometimes I'll wear socks, a jacket. A sometimes you wear dispenser. As sometimes you, you wear all three of them together. I sometimes do, do absolutely. And uh, today, of course, I think after the performance of Alex Albon and that Williams in qualifying, I'm proudly wearing the Williams jacket. You're no longer having to do the uh, Leafs. Leaf uh, fan formula with well, a bag over the head. You don't have to do that this year. Well, and I think the Leafs are in the playoffs. So, oh, I mean, maybe here we go. The uh, the world is aligning. The, the blue is <laughs> that's the, right. The, it must the, be the, the blue. same. The same color of blue is coming Pretty close, together. Yeah. But I thought Walter, it'd be a really fun time for me to bring in a little some little totems, okay. some stuff. And I found this yesterday. All right. The first one, at least, I saw this. We um, 
uh, one of our volunteers here at Civil Radio, Gabe, was feeling really down. Uh, not down, but just like, oh, I have no energy. What are we going to do? Okay. Let's go get some Red Bulls, Taryn. Okay. And the so drink. The drink, yeah. the Red Bull drink. Yeah. And so, because he knows I love that. And so we went out and we found this and I had to get it from Marianne. Okay. And when Marianne saw it, she laughed her ass off. All right. Well, you've and done a good job of setting it up. Let's take a look. I got for you, if you want, a Red Bull Racing Edition. Oh, nice. Red Bull Energy Drink. Yeah, this is awesome. So, so the that was the first one. We will take pictures on the social social media. Yeah, and, and, it's and got the car on there. No yeah. number on the nose, ironically. That's interesting. Oh, well, you can't. I think it's it's definitely a max. Yeah, it must. Be. It must be. Yeah, thanks. Well, Mark. no, there's the number one. Is there's it? Right in the top one. Yeah, there's the number one there. All right. I'll have to put yeah. my glasses on. This is fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. So that definitely that one's for you if you want it. But I did bring something else. Okay. And we will, and this will be the thing that will segue us into our first major conversation. Really, the story of don't take a peek. Don't don't. You're not a kid <laughs> again. Maybe the story of qualifying here. Yeah. I had to do it because. I Reaching into a bag. Oh, he's I got brought, a bigger can. I brought <laughs> Your a can purple. Your can is bigger than mine. <laughs> <laughs> a, a purple Monster Energy Zero Sugar. The ultraviolet. The now, Lewis Hamilton color yes. for Mercedes. The purple that matches the hat, the yeah. everything. I spent around. I was I was looking at the uh, gas station store for the Lew- actual Lewis Hamilton branded Monster Energy drinks. Do they have that? They do have them, oh, but nice. I haven't been able to find yeah, them in I'm Canada sure they would yet. Go quickly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I brought... I mean, I'm, I may not drink this. The, surprise, surprisingly, this is actually the first monster drink I'll actually drink. I've yeah, never had a monster before. I, I don't think I have either. I've had yeah. lots of Red Bull in my day, so um, yeah. I, mean, I might keep this one for the collectorness of it. I'm not sure. Yeah. I might drink it. Who knows? But thank you for that. Dude, cheers, cheers, anyway. Go, a closed go, cheers. cheers. Yeah. Um, I, I've always wondered if you lose, if they lose their value if you open them i think you i do, would right? think so yeah oh, certainly well, if they the were collectors yeah well editions. then my entire coke bottle collection i've i've stored up for like years is now coke can and coke bottles is completely gone there's there's an interesting video that actually i super ironically popped up in my feed the other day of lewis hamilton drinking a monster drink during a press interview uh offering a taste to vettel when he was still with ferrari at the time so this is old and then Vettel says, no, thanks. I'd rather have a Red Bull. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then Lewis turns to his left and offers a taste to, I can't recall who it is. So I'll have to go back and watch that oh, video. But I was just watching it the other day. So there is certainly a strong connection, obviously, with Monster yeah. Drink. And uh, it's great to really? have it in the studio here. And, um, yeah, hopefully it brings us some good luck. It certainly brought some good luck to mercedes oh definitely did yes uh for those so i thought we would do a little bit of a brief recap for the qualifying so we'll do the we'll start with the podium because that's where the main kind of story is uh well the sec technically the first of the two main stories uh well three even so we have max verstappen <laughs> uh here who qualified who finished p1 provisional pole as it's te- technically called uh, with a 116.732 which you and Walter, you and I were watching in case to see how fast they were going. Yeah, that's and fast. Yeah, but that's I fast. Th- I think that might like, be the new track record. It's a new lap record. That's I, for it, you, Marianne. It might be. I, it it's certainly be. faster than last year's pole time. And in fact, every single car in the top ten this year, the time they set this year is faster than last year's pole time. Every single car in the top ten. So. That's very interesting. And as I said, I think oh, yeah, yeah. that's the track record. It's certainly Verstappen's ver- first poll at Albert Park. 
It's Red Bull's first poll since 2013. And as we talked about last time, uh, uh, Red Bull has not won this race since 2011. Yeah. I remember when I was watching it live on F1 TV, I saw that they had uh, the pass of winners. It was just Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, he, he has the, the record for, for most polls at a tra- at a circuit, I think, with eight. Something like that. And I think if he if he could have set <clears throat> poll this year, then that would have given him a new record, yet another in his long list of records. Yeah. Lewis was not close to poll, but his George teammate, Russell. George Russell, was pretty close. In fact, the only other car in the 116s. Yes, I was just about a good point because Russell got uh, – so Vax Verstappen on pr- provisional poll – Pull, sorry, with a 116.732. George Russell with a 116.968. And then Lewis behind him with a 117.104. I mean, I'm not too I'm not too worried. I mean, a point point one oh four com- comparatively from Lewis from ha- Lewis to George, not a crazy, crazy difference. Like like but Le- still Lewis's so yeah. close, but it is still George Russell. Hamilton. Uh, George Hamilton. George Russell. George, George Hamilton. <laughs> George go- Hamilton. Google that if anyone doesn't know George <laughs> Hamilton. He's an old actor, very famous for his tan. He's always yeah. very tan. And so uh, you, someone your age, Taryn, might not know him, but uh, oh, look him up. He's, he's pretty iconic. Sorry about that. George, George Russell, Hamilton. of course. Could you imagine? Um, oh, here he is. T- less than two-tenths quicker than Hamilton, or if you spin that the other way, Hamilton only two-tenths slower than his teammate. Exactly, yeah. And I actually just looked up George Hamilton. And my yeah, he's gosh. iconic. What yeah. a yeah! I love that you can see the line the, or the hairline where you can't quite get the tan. You're right. And yeah. It, it just so. yeah. But the younger ver- but the pictures of him when he's younger, it's a very like very healthy. Oh very yeah, healthy he's tan. had a long career in Hollywood. But he's yeah. If you say the nor- the name George Hamilton, most people my age will think of his tan. Yeah. yeah. No. And, and there. Yeah. So yeah. Merci- so that is the top three. So the the lockout is. Uh, Mercedes with a P two P three, which right. and that's I think the surprise of qualifying because no one thought no one thought certainly that. this year Mercedes has been having their troubles again, and in practice all three practice sessions the car was not really showing a lot of pace. Yeah, so yeah. they had they had one I think it was a practice two was it or maybe practice one where mm. they finished like P P two and P four. Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, but but, but exactly. it wasn't consistent throughout practice. Uh, and it just wasn't – nobody would have expected this. Yeah. I didn't expect it. You probably, even as nope. a Mercedes fan, didn't expect it. It does seem to be the shock of qualifying. Yeah, no, like – well, and uh, but, which is kind of interesting because, you know, Mercedes has been so dominant for so long, and the the idea that no, everyone kind of wrote, wrote them off for a race, and like, okay – it's going to. We're here for Red Bull and Red Bull and the Green Bull, right? We're going to see what happens there, and then everyone's. Oh my gosh, Mercedes back to form. I don't necessarily say think that they're going to be back to form, but I think that it just shows that really the tra- tracks can make a huge difference. Yeah. And Albert Park has fits the, what the Mercedes need needs uh, for out of the W14. Yeah, it seems uh, to. I mean, they got the pace in quality, and they're talking rather positively. George Russell saying he's going to go for the win. Mm-hmm. So Lewis implying it's not a fluke. Lewis, I think, has been the most upbeat I've seen him in a long time. Like he, at least I, in my opinion, he really wears his heart on his sleeve. When things are not going well, he doesn't have the best body language, doesn't give the best interviews. But when things are going well, then he's suddenly much more upbeat and happy to talk. And he, he certainly seemed more upbeat, I think, after um, qualifying. So I think the pace in the car is true. 
and it, it's definitely going to make for an interesting race. Yeah, my favorite thing was the post-qualifying uh, interview with him standing there. He's like, what do you want out of the race? He goes, I want it to be at, like my first, like 2007. I'm, I'm starting P3. I'm going for the win. Right. Like, yeah, everyone freaks out. Like, when do you want to see that? It's like, yeah, everyone does. Everyone wants to see that. I think just racing fans want to see every team do really well. Um, but it's really exciting to have uh, Mercedes back at the top of the grid, uh, the front taking the fight to other teams. And uh, so, following Lewis Hamilton with a one seventeen point one three nine is none uh, none other than our man, Darth Alonso, Fernando Alonso. Yeah, just three uh, three one hundredths off of Hamilton's time, so also a very quick time. Uh, puts him on uh, in P four, as you say, uh, in the second row. Going to be an interesting start for him. As we know, last race out, he had a problem with his start. Not with the start itself. He always starts quite well. But he had a problem, uh, you know, positioning himself in that starting grid. And the FIA has uh, made a few changes there. I don't know if we'll get to that right away. But we could certainly uh, talk about that at some point. Oh, we definitely need to talk about the starting grid changes. Because I think it's, I think it's a, it, it's a, it's a funny, it's funny to me. Like, I don't know. Out of all the, like, I don't know. I think it's just a funny one because of all the, the penalties from the first two races. Right. We'll just ex- expand the, gr- the the starting grid so no one makes these penalties again. But Well, we not only see. did they widen the the, uh, the, 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 the the grid marker or that box on the grid, but they also put a line down the center to help the, uh, help the drivers line up. But, you know, it's interesting to me because the cars are not wider this year than they were last year, are they? No. I don't think that they no. are. And the grid boxes are not, n- as far as I know, they didn't make them narrower. So I don't know why we've seen uh, in the first two races that happening twice. Yeah. Suddenly, rather yeah, suddenly. It, I don't know why that is. So. Yeah, and, and it's, not like, it's not like these drivers have never lined up a grid before. Yeah. This is a whole new grid setup. That they, like, it's nothing like that. So they just I'm, I'm surprised, honestly, that they made the change in, in widening that box. I think the line down the center, maybe that's a good addition. I mean... I also remember center of, the bo- center of the box or center of the center of the box. So as, oh yeah, as yeah. so you can line where the right. nose is. Yeah, exactly. Which, right. which makes a lot of sense because that's always been that's where the drivers can see and line up perfectly. Yeah. So at least, uh, so it just doesn't make sense why you would widen it and do do both. Do both w- rather really. than one one at the start. But hey, maybe it's a uh, just a hell. Uh, the FIA seems to always just use the term safety sure. for literally yeah. every right. single thing they do that seems petty or beyond or hard to argue against safety. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then inter- inter- interestingly enough, after Fernando Alonso, we got Carlos Sainz qualifying yet, I think, yet again above Leclerc with the 17.270. Oh. And then splitting the two prancing ponies is Lance Stroll with a 17.309. And then Charles uh, Charles Leclerc with a 17.369. Um, that's going to be a fun, fun little battle for fifth, I think. I think those, I think out of, out of the cars, I think Aston Martin has the better one. But I think that out of the drivers, Ferrari has the quote-unquote more talented team that it will be an interesting battle for fifth. Well, it it will be. I, I, I think there's a couple of important factors, and I think this also uh, will factor into our discussion when we get down to some of the other uh, starting grids there, particularly with Nico Hulkenberg in 10th for Haas. But my point being that you know some teams will have a stronger car 
uh, in qualifying or a car that qualifies better than it races or some drivers qualify better than they race. The flip side of that, of course, some teams have cars that race better than they qualify and some drivers race better than they qualify. So I, I think if we look at Alonso, Alonso himself, I think he's a great qualifier and a great racer, although arguably maybe a little bit better of a racer I than a qualifier. I was about to say, I think he's he definitely he definitely I feel like he qualifies to his strengths. Yeah. And that's race. true. I, I think Lance Stroll, like there's pace in that Aston Martin, of course, because we see Alonso up and forth. So I think Lance Stroll maybe has a chance of, of uh, having a really good race with Carlos Sainz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with Leclerc, for me, it's always a little bit of um, a roll of the dice. Y- you often don't know which Leclerc you're going to get. Sometimes he can be a great qualifier and a great racer. Sometimes neither of those things. He seems to me sometimes to be a little inconsistent, and so I, I don't know which one's going to show up to, uh, tomorrow at the race. Yeah, or later right. today, and, and our time. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I'm so excited. My Saturday night, I canceled. Uh, I, I played, I'm a big Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons fan, okay. and I told all my all my we're supposed to have a, a game today, and I told all my friends that were fine. Like, no, that's not happening. I'm sorry. It's the worst Saturday for me. I have as I haven't as if it happened. It has to happen between the hours of five and ten p.m. Right. After at ten oh one, I'm not. You're playing. off the grid. I'm at hundred percent. I've taken off the grid. But you're uh, watching the grid. I am exactly. <laughs> um, actually, to to your point with Charles Leclerc, you know, so last last year he got uh, a one seventeen point eight six. So that's more to what you said that everyone he was on pole last. Year. Yeah, yeah, pole last year with a one seventeen point eight six. So like you're saying, everyone in the top ten faster than last year's car. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year's pole. Fa- yeah, last year's pole. Uh, fastest lap with Charles Leclerc at a with a one twenty point two six, and I think that was a new race, like a fast a new lap record. I believe that's true. Yep. Yeah. Uh, for for saying that one's again, that one's for you, Marianne. Uh, and Which then we could see that if that was the record, and I think that it was, but we could look it up. But if it was, I expect us to see a new one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and then Charles Leclerc won it last year with a one twenty seven point four six. Of course, this is when. A, Ferrari was on the top of their game last year at the start of the season. B, before the power unit regulation change. And C, <laughs> before the underfloor regulation change. Right. And then E, D, before, e, before, e. <laughs> before wheel alignment change. Yeah. So right before the rules changed, yeah. uh, this is one that was really powerful. But, I mean, that, that kind of goes to say, like, he seemed to re- – I wouldn't say off all week in, in free this practice year? Yeah. Yeah, th- mm-hmm. this year in 2023. I wouldn't say off, but you can definitely see that Ferrari yeah. is, is heavily working. And, and there's the new rumor I that there might be, he might be taking another energy storage spot, but I don't think, I'm not going to say that that's for sure because that was just something that came up right before we were started to broadcast. Yeah, yeah I, I th- it popped up. That might have been an old one, but who knows? I'm ho- we'll I'm keep an eye on it. I'm, I'm hoping. Um, but then after Charles Leclerc, we have – our your boy Alexander yeah. Albin in, yeah. in the Williams with a one seventeen point six zero nine qualifying in the top points 10. positions. Yeah, in the top ten, uh, you don't get points for qualifying, but they are in a spot where if the race finished in that order, they're already in the points. So yeah. impressive, impressive feat uh, for Williams as a team and for Albon as a driver. I think once we get into talking about the rookies, we'll have to make those comparisons because there's pace in that Williams. He's up in P8. He had the fast, Albon that is, had the fastest sector two time of anybody. 
So yeah. the Williams was the fastest car in sector two. And, and there was a point where I think it was even after one, one of the, I think it was in Q2 mm-hmm. after uh, Verstappen hit a hit provisional pole. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the first times he was on, I was on pole. He, he was number one, the ent- every single sector, which every single quali- uh, quarter, which was uh or yeah, not sector. quarter. Yeah. No, 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 not Were sector. Albon or Verstappen? Uh, Verstappen in general was the first and after every single quarter qualifying term yeah or whatever the actual like every period session session that's the term <laughs> session but alex in uh, i think it was in q2 and i think it happened in q1 too but i remember watching like he had fastest sector one fastest yeah, sector two and second slowest second fastest sector three right so he's driving well and there's pace in the car yeah he's doing and and especially i think the first two races we saw what what makes brings up sorry with pace of the car is the first two races we saw that it wasn't doing so well in corners, like fat, mm-hmm. especially with Jetta when they had fast corners, where you would have thought that car would have excelled a bit more. Yeah, it wasn't. But this time, I don't know if it's that lawn sweeping out, that lawn sweeping uh, turn eight to turn to turn nine and in, into turn ten, uh, and pack, which you saw a lot of G force, a lot of down downforce for cars that have rear have a slightly worse rear ends. Yeah, but. Even the the quick corners into a one two three and 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 into f- into turn four, it was you were right. It had pace. It yeah. was doing really well. The and car looked good. Um, and in spots that, t- if it's slower in corners, if they're having problem with high speed corners, uh, and slow corners, it was excelling in the the exact section of the track that it should have not been doing well. So, really good job for the Williams team to bring that together, and hella good job on Alex Al- on on Albin for pushing that. Yeah, it was, and I, I really hope that that's a true pace of the car. We'll, we'll have to see their race pace, uh, of course, one, once the race gets underway. But I think Albon is definitely uh, showing his strengths a bit more this season. The car is generally fast, but maybe not always reliable. They had that braking issue that I don't know if we ever found out really what that was last race, but uh, nevertheless, Albon was complaining of having no brakes although he was able to slow and stop the car. So it could have been an intermittent issue, whatever that may be. Um, we've seen the Williams spinning a lot, especially in the hands of their <coughs> second driver, Logan Sargent. So definitely one to watch. Uh, good for them to qualify in P8. And I hope, of course, they, they get points in the race. I do, too. I'm, I'm hoping for an... an I, I always want Sargent to get some points, but um, I would love to see Alvin get, get the... Uh, even, even the P8, even P8 points. I would, I would, you know, well, if he can, yeah, sure. If he can hold that place, great. Street. And if he can get even uh, one or two higher, that would be absolutely amazing. Time will tell, as it always does. That's the uh, the top eight so far, leaving us two more in the top ten. Yeah, p- our boy Pierre Gasly in the Pepto Bismo Alpine. I think one of the last times we'll see the Pepto car. Um, I think you're right. They I said the first three races, but they'll probably people. Some people on Twitter will go, "Hey, the blue is really ugly." Can you give us the pink car again? <laughs> and I think that uh, Esteban, I think Alcon and Gasly will be happy to have the pink car again. But anyway, so Pepto Bismol car comes in at a 117.675 uh, to go into P9 with Pierre Gasly, think, uh, which was often, oftentimes where he, he would, I feel like that's where the majority of his points has, has always come, is like P10, P9, which is fair enough. And then, uh, Arguably, quite literally, the dark a dark horse, the second darkest horse on sure. the grid, Nico Hulkenberg, in, the, in a Haas car with a one seventeen point seven three five. So, like you said again, all faster than last year's poll. Yeah. But Nico, and then there was a time where Nico was 
P3. Yeah, he had that car really high up in the uh, earlier uh, parts of the final qualifying session. Uh, P10 for that car, I think, is quite remarkable. But I think earlier when I was talking about some cars race better than they qualify or vice versa, some drivers, you know, race better than they qualify and vice versa. I think Hulkenberg is vice versa. I think he uh, really can set a fast single lap in qualifying when he gets to the race. And I'm not saying he's a poor racer. I think he is a good racer as well. But I think he's a better qualifier than a racer. And I think he's gotten more out of that car in quali. But uh, when we see the race, I think his teammate, Kevin Magnuson, who qualified down in 14th, uh, I think he may make up a few places, and it's going to be interesting. Maybe they'll even be uh, eventually racing for position against each other, the two teammates at Haas. And, that, and I think it's happened at least once every the I mean, one, every race is in the fir- only the two races we've had. Sure. <laughs> but I, I think you're absolutely right, though. I think even across this year specifically, but even I would argue, I'd have to double-check the his – because it was what 2019 was the last time he raced, something like that. Um, uh, yeah, I don't recall. He's 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 subbed in for a lot of people. I think he subbed in for Vettel uh, at Aston Martin last year when Vettel yeah. was ill. Yeah, um, around this so time, I think. I think the last time he had a full time race seat was quite a long time ago. But he's been he's called the super sub. You know, he yeah. comes in at a moment's notice, puts in a hell of a qualifying lap. Yeah. Uh, he had a pole position for Williams in the rain in Brazil. That's true. Uh, a while I back as a sub. Yeah. So Hulkenberg, he's amazing because he can just jump in any car and set a fast lap in quali over a single lap. Yeah. But the race craft, I think because he's not had a full-time seat in so long, his race craft is good, of course, but maybe just a little bit rusty. Uh, and, well, and that's always been the, the question with Hulkenberg. Even I think one of the reasons why he had the Renault seat for so long is – because he's he's a very passionate person. He mm-hmm. loves the he loves racing. Sure. He just this is, this is who, who who very much who he is. Um, obviously, that's the case for every single driver here. But he has such a fun passion for it. But he has always qualified well. He has always shown smart racecraft. But he's never podiumed. He's due for one, and he's in to a point where that cost him a seat was because he just couldn't get a podium. The one time he had a beautiful podium shot. He biffed it and yeah. crashed it into the wall by right. by taking a corner too wide and, and losing grip. Um, I think that was I think that was Hawken. I think it was Germany, wasn't it? Yeah, I, like, sir, I don't recall. He was I'd he was going in, he was in P two, uh, and uh, and that was yeah I think it was in Germany because that was the the really terrible Mercedes race where it was like their home race and they're like the one twenty fifth and they kept crashing the car. Oh yeah, and then and yeah because it was that really terrible yes, rain yeah, that just came out of nowhere. Probably their worst weekend that season, certainly, and, and maybe their worst weekend in a long time at that race. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've gone over the top 10 here. Yeah, those um, are the points. As you've mentioned, every single car in that top 10 faster than last year's poll. That's remarkable. A couple of other things I think are also remarkable about the top 10. There's, I guess, about a second separating them, which is quite impressive. But perhaps most remarkably, we've gone through the top 10 and we've only said the name Red Bull once. Oh, that's a good, that's a very good, you know, that's a very good set. That's a s- beautiful segue. That's like, sir, that's like serving the Red Bull sandwich we got here in on, uh, for the race day tomorrow. Well, Christian today. Horner calls it a Red Bull sandwich, but is it though? We, we, we were talking, <laughs> we were joking about this right, literally over the second before we recorded because you were, you made, made a good point. Well, no one calls if, it. A if le- I'm eating a cheese sandwich, 
that's two pieces of bread over top of a piece of cheese. Yeah. Right? So we name a sandwich after what's in the middle. Yeah. So a Red Bull sandwich would be a Red Bull. In the middle of the. Of two other things. Yeah. But, of course, he is alluding to the fact that we have a Red Bull in P1 and a Red Red Bull Bull in P20. Yeah. Perez qualifying or not qualifying in P20. Not even, yeah, not, not even qualifying. He, right. he, he crashed. He crashed. Yeah. He same problem that he said something. It was the same, something with the electronics again. Same. He kept alluding to the same, same issue, issue he's been having yeah. all practice. And I, lo- uh, there was a really funny meme where it shows, it was like the Danny DeVito crying in the movie theater mm-hmm. where it's like Red Bull watching Perez make the same mistake for the fifth time in a row because yeah. he had the same problem. Yeah, he, right. All, all practices. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, it's it was an interesting. I I, I don't know my so my brother and I we, we my my uncle was sleep, my uncle who's been staying with us the last week. Uh, yeah. He has some uh, for some stuff. He he leaves today, and he was almost gonna miss his bus on purpose so that he could stay and watch the race. With oh us. wow! But he had to go. He's yeah. like, no, I have to go. I have, to, I have my I have two cats I have to take care of. He's like, my mom's there. Tom, my mom's there. You sh- you'll be fine. But um, he he was asleep downstairs, and when Red and when uh, not Red Bull. But yeah, Red Bull. But uh, when Perez cr- like crashed or or went off or or beached it, my brother and I were like, "Oh, oh my God!" Like, and shouted so much that my uncle woke up and had to walk upstairs to watch the rest of qualifying with us. Well, you know, it, for him, a driver, he's 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 second in the championship. He's a he's a race winning driver. He won the last race. I mean, I I don't like to deal in conspiracies, but you know, he's number two in the championship. His teammate is Max Verstappen. He beat Max Verstappen in the previous race, and now suddenly his car has this mysterious problem, and he can't drive it. Yeah, I, I don't know. And, and how and could this, that be? And this is also <laughs> after the last two weeks of everyone speculating what's going on in, in the Red Bull uh, past year. Yeah. Um. And uh, Paris saying, "Oh no, we have. I'm fully supported. There's nothing right, we going have on here. Lots all of this press e- saying how happy everybody is and smiles and Danny Rick is there and everyone's got their arms around each other. But I don't know if you've ever studied Shakespeare, but methinks the lady doth protest too much. I and, and in saying that, I hope you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean because because <laughs> I do. I I haven't studied. Um, I got lucky that in the new age of, of schooling and university, we we're allowed to steer away from some Shakespeare and go into okay. modern day kind of fantasy stuff. That's fair. However, you always had to go back to Shakespeare. Everyone goes back to Shakespeare at least one well, point. He's, when you, when he's you're rather OG. Yeah, when you when you're when you're an English lit major, yeah. you always have to kind of go back to, right. <laughs> to Shakespeare. So yes, I I quite agree, my but good sir. the lady doth protest too much. So we have Red Bull well. saying, "No, no, we're all happy. We love each other. It's great." They're saying it's so much. It makes me think. That's not That's the not case. <laughs> and and even Max at the end of the race was saying, yeah, the downshifts are still terrible. Right. We had Max complaining so about his car. You're right. That's, th- um, that's three qualifiers and potentially if he complains about it next and t- tonight, technically, right. that's now three races that Max has compared, complained about the same thing. But I think, have you ever, have you ever ridden in an electric vehicle? Yeah. So I, I find electric vehicles, they're so quiet, they seem noisier. If that makes any sense, and what I mean is, you kind of make it up because there's no engine noise. You hear all the other little noises that you wouldn't hear in a conventional, you know, gasoline or or diesel vehicle. And so I think that Red Bull is just so good and so smooth. He's just feeling all these little things. Verstappen, that is, yeah, is feeling all these little things that he wouldn't that every driver has to deal with, but normally they don't notice because there's other bigger issues. I think that's maybe a little bit of it. It's like 
Hamilton used to always complain about his tires. He when he was winning seven consecutive world championships. Yeah. But it's just like he's setting lap times, he's winning races, he's setting records, and still, oh, the, these tires are terrible. That was Lewis. Used to say that. And I think that's si- similar to Verstappen, maybe. Maybe there are genuine problems in that car, but if there are, I mean, he's setting, he's in the 16s, the 116s, pole, his first pole there at that track. I, I don't know what's going on. Neither, neither do I. And like the funny thing with Lewis, I think I think it was even last last year at Silverstone where he's like, "These tires are crap." Right. These tires. I'm not saying that. Puts in no, no. Lap. Yeah, and yeah. he's on he's on the worst tire compound, right. the hard tire, and he's just putting fastest yeah. lap after fastest lap. And then that's when Bono. I love when Bono. Maybe okay. It's me. I'm a little biased. Mm. Fair enough. But I do love when Bono comes. Like Lewis. It's Bono. It's Hamel. It's Hammer time. <laughs> and then he just right. goes yes. and shut, so, shut up and do your job. Yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah, and uh, I'm we, not saying that to you. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that's what the engineer. And of course, for anyone who doesn't know, but I'm sure everyone does, we're not talking about the lead singer of U2. No, uh, Bono. I think I, I think his name is like Peter Bonington. Yeah, but and then right. yeah, Peter Bonington is Lewis Hamilton's uh, race race engineer. race engineer and the guy in the mic on that. Um, going down from top ten. Yep. We got Esteban Ocon in uh, the second pink. Uh, Pepto Bismol in the second in the second Pepto Bismol car with a one seventeen point seven six that got him knocked out of Q two two yeah didn't which, make it into Q three yeah which that's you know, it's the fact that it's just point zero three off three one hundredths of seconds off and that gets you top into Q three th- I th- I think that's the that the fact that the Red Bull car is so 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 many leagues ahead of yeah. the rest of the pack it's almost upsetting because um obviously no i want to i don't want to see red bull win but at the same time actually i love i love seeing the feats of ex- excellence anyways same but it's so upsetting when you realize that everyone else is like tenths one hundredths of seconds off each other it's technique that's sure. coming into this and so imagine that fight if all let's say 18 cars were all tenth tenths of seconds off from each other well here's some context we've said this about the top 10 several times already every single car in the top 10 is faster than last year's pole but so is p11 esteban ocon yeah his time this year that didn't get him into q3 that time is faster than last year's pole it is exactly one tenth and faster faster so that's how tight things are i mean this is it's remarkable racing uh it's just so interesting to see and it generates a lot of excitement uh certainly in qualifying i think this is the most exciting qualifying this year although only three i get it but this honestly was one of the most exciting qualifyings i can remember in quite some time because not only how tight they are but uh seven different teams are in the top top 10 yeah yeah, I you Amazing. know it's, it's funny because I didn't notice that until you had told me this this morning, and I looked when I was looking. I was like, yeah, there seven two, different one, teams. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There we go. And the other ones aren't too far off. But uh, speaking of far off, uh, we have arguably the largest jump from second to second time, and that is Yuki Sonoda with the Alpha Tauri coming in at P twelve with a one eighteen point oh nine nine. Um, first of all, I, ju- I just kind of want to say good for Yuki getting in, not, not being, not being knocked out first, first round, um, in, in Q1, I think we're starting to see, there's always the questions of like, oh, is Yuki worth the drive? Is he really that good of a driver? Well, first of all, I think that, th- th- I think it's everyone who says 
good drivers, bad drivers, needs to really consider how relative of a term this is. If you're an F1, you're a phenomenal driver. He's there, No matter what you do, they're going to beat you in any car if you go up against them. E- <laughs> well, of right? course, yeah. Obviously. Um, so I think it's a little unfair. And Sonoda, like, yes, he's been in, he's been what? This is his third year now, I believe. Third? Yeah, yeah has to be I think he had year. two seasons with, um, with, with Gasly as his yeah. teammate. So, yeah, third year. Um, he he should know he in he should know better than than he did. He, but he's not doing the Yuki mistakes that we saw him do all of last season in qualifying. Yeah. Um, even in the races yet. So P twelve, you compa- compared to where he was qualifying P sixteen, I think, or P fourteen at the best one time. Yeah. Like P twelve qualifying is a good one for the young guy. It, young it guy. is. Uh, I I think he perhaps is starting to mature a little bit in that team and in the car. I, I think when Gasly was his teammate, I think he was overshadowed. And I think, he, you know, when he was a rookie, he was very – he was a rookie's rookie. Mm-hmm. And even mm-hmm. in his second year, I think he was still showing rookie tendencies. Especially he's, talking he's, back to the team. Yeah, he's pretty, uh, mm-hmm. he's pretty impetuous. He's pretty quick-tempered. Uh, he has a lot of outbursts on the radio. And he still is that way, but maybe he's dialing it in a little bit. Maybe he's emerging a little bit as a leader in that team. I mean – of course, everybody was talking about how good of a driver Nick DeVries is. I'm not saying he's not, but he's not been, uh, you know, he's being outqualified by his teammate Yuki Tsunoda, who, of course, is more of a veteran. But in the same car, um, he's showing, I think, a little, a lot more pace. And so it, it's good for him in that sense. Like any driver, I'm sure he'd want to be higher up on the grid. Is that car capable of being higher up on the grid? No, I don't think it is. I, I think unless they bring a lot of upgrades to that car, uh, I think that's probably where it need or where it it is on pace, on pure pace. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. Uh, like, I don't think an AlphaTauri car is really winning a race unless there's been like five crashes. Sure. And and a crazy, crazy mix-up. Um, which that I don't want that to spoil Pierre Gasly's win because that's kind of what happened. But just in, just in general, I think there is a difference between junior, uh, like a junior team. Or a team full of uh, rookies driving in, and that brings up a lot of questions. That we, and we don't have to jump into it because there's so much we'll jump in. We can talk about this. Is almost after Australia. Maybe we'll talk about it because there's like two or three weeks of no races. Yeah, I think um, unfortunately three. <laughs> yeah, which is another thing. I, th- I think it's very interesting that one of the biggest complaints was there's only one major break, and then this year uh, that was for the last few years, and then right, this the year summer break. Yeah, yeah, and then this year it seems like they're doing kind of multiple pseudo summer break there's lengths. almost like a spring break this one coming up after yeah. australia then there summer is break. the traditional summer break and then, and I, then think I think there's another three-week gap later on so like almost a fall break so yeah they're, they're i mean those that's i think it's a whole after, other thing, it's after s- those those breaks are good for the teams uh because it is a very fast-paced environment but the problem is it sort of compresses things on either side of those breaks so you see more back-to-back races i think last year might have been the first season where there were three back to back to back, like three in a row, like race weekend, the very next weekend a race, and the very next weekend a race. See, and, I and those are hard on teams. Yeah, I love it. I, I love the spectacle well, of it. As a it. fan, me too. Yeah, but I think that if you're going to do back to back to back, it should be the last three, hmm. and that should be the like you you've done the development, you've done the upgrading, you've done everything else. Every right. single thing That's about this season point. has immaculated to these last three. Like, b- imagine I. I don't want it to be. It's going to be Brazil, uh, Vegas, and Abu Dhabi. 
Are those back to back to back? No, those are not oh, back to back to back. Three. Those are the final yeah. three. Yeah. I would like it to be Vegas, Brazil, Abu Dhabi. I'd even love Brazil to be the last race sometime because I think the Brazil well, it used to be. Yeah, because yeah. uh, traditionally it, it was. Because uh, I think that the Interlagos track is one of the most exciting tracks ever. That should be the last one, and be, it would just so good for Brazil. Um, but uh, I would love to see Brazil, Vegas, and Abu Dhabi all be back to back to back. That would be a crazy spectacle. Uh, cut down a lot of the upgrading stuff in between. It makes it so that the championship cars are. You see the championship cars race three crazy, really technically sound, other than Vegas's track, but three technically, uh, two technically sound tracks. It'd be a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, that's. Oh, go ahead, you want to say? No, go ahead. I, I was just thumbing through the schedule, and it looks like there are only two uh, instances this season where there are three races back to back to back. Two interesting. If I very quickly looked at my schedule, but I think that's the case. So that's and that's my point about having these other bigger breaks in what we're calling okay. the spring and the fall. It compresses other things. So we're gonna have, if I've read my schedule correct, three instances or two instances of three races back to back to back, and that is a that's a huge logistical challenge for for any team. But of course, even for the the smaller teams with smaller budgets, uh, that can be more challenging. Yeah. Three, three back to back. Where are they? Oh, September. I think it's no. That's a two week between September one, and that. Um, so I, I think, think it's September. I think it's Singapore, Japan, and Qatar. Or that's all. I think that's all back to back, isn't it? So I'm, no. I'm looking here. October twenty first, October twenty eighth, and uh, November fourth. We have races. There we go. So back to back to back. So, so Austin, the, yep, Austin, US, Mexico, and yep, Brazil. Mexico and Brazil. And then, do we not also earlier in the season? have races back to back to back let me see here we have canada yeah we have spain yeah. canada and but i think spain no, we have italy in may we have italy on may 20th monaco we on have may. monaco may 27th and, and then, then the following week june spain. 3rd we have spain so back to back to back yeah i saw you know speaking of i speaking of spain and monaco um, there is all these questions I saw on the on the Twitter sphere and, and the Reddit and everything that about how would you quote unquote change how qualifying works? Because I think this is a, this is a question that the FIA has been like playing around with, and we'll get well, into that. We'll yeah. go through the grid and then we'll talk about that Kay. later. But someone made a really interesting point that uh, not an interesting point, but an interesting suggestion, which is um, choose a race, like like say like choose Monaco where it's you very much qualify and race you're qualifying and you don't really move around to right. maybe two or three overtakes at that you'll make total and that's really based off of pit stops and, and hoping to god that Ferrari gets their thing right or wrong depending on who sure. you are but someone someone made a good suggestion which was take the whatever the qualifying for Monaco is and then choose another race say Spa at the end of at that well that would be the that would be an interesting one because that's the that is the last race before the summer break. But take Monaco qualifying, reverse the order, and that's Spa qualifying. That's Spa race day starting grid. So that would mean no actual driving occurs to qualify for Spa. You're just taking the grid from Monaco, reversing it, and then that's where you start in in, in and on, on the race day. But then you can co- yeah. but you could do qualifying for a sprint. <laughs> you know that that to me it's getting convoluted uh, it, it seems to be almost an answer to a question that nobody's asking why do we need to change qualifying i don't know australia this year albert park as i just said was probably the most interesting qualifying i can remember in a long time so i think the format of qualifying is fine 
The problems, if anyone was complaining about qualifying in the past, I don't know that they were, but if they were, perhaps it was just because the cars. The cars yeah. couldn't follow each other, and you had sort of one or two cars at the top, and everybody else separated by you know half a second each or whatever. But now, everybody within the top 10, within a second of each other, faster than last year. I mean, I don't know why there's any reason to change qualifying. Look, you're, you're, you're really preaching to the choir there. <laughs> like, I'm not, I, I mean, the only reason why I would say change qualifying, and I, and I do like that suggestion. I'm not going to lie. I, I do like yeah, that idea I say I don't. solely because it involves a sprint race. And that's yeah, you, really about it. <laughs> you, you, you really like the sprint races. I, it's not that I don't like them. I just don't fully get them yet. I don't really it's, it's a spectacle. see the point. And, I, you know, I love spectacle. Yeah. Um, speaking of qualifying changes, though, the FIA has been bantering about the idea uh, of, of changing the tire usage restrictions or lack thereof regarding tire usage in qualifying. Uh, I think they already changed it this year. It used to be that whatever uh, your top time in Q2, you had to use that tire in the race, and that's no longer the case this year. But they're talking about For making Q2. It, yeah, the, the time, yeah. whatever tire you used in Q2 to set your fastest Q2 time, that's the tire you had to start on in the race. That was last year and, and years prior. That That rules out the window this year. But they're also now talking about changing that you would have to use every compound of tire in qualifying. So not in a specific order, but you know there are three compounds, right, of dry tires. If mm -hmm. it's wet, then it changes yeah. everything again. Those are hard, for those who don't know, sure. hard, medium, and soft. Yeah. Sometimes you get, well, there's the debate of whether it's coming back. There was the pink ultra softs mm -hmm. that were around for a little bit of time, but and that's sounds like Pirelli's talking about wanting to do their C6 or C7 ultra soft tire. Right. But, we don't know. They, yet. They've added a new compound this year. They've changed the labeling. This year's that is C six zero is, is the C one, and, that, and that's talk about convoluted. Yeah. But the point being, as you said, hard, medium, soft as relative terms, um, and then you would have to use each compound in one uh, qualifying session because there are three sessions. So you wouldn't have to go hard, medium, soft, but I'm sure most teams would, because yeah. you want to be. I think in Q three when the track is rubbered in. You want to be on those softs, right? Yeah. But um, that's been proposed. Max Verstappen said he doesn't like the idea. Yeah. So and maybe uh, that's a good reason to do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't don't get don't treat me like that. Don't don't bait me like that, Walter. <laughs> you know I'll jump at it. Um, and I and I don't I don't know myself because I feel that um, what made this qualifying really interesting was when teams were starting to jump into pits b in between in between sessions or in between uh and between their, their lap times you had some people like fernando alonso stroll um i think even george russell and, and lewis for at a point stayed out and just kept doing like warm-up lap like out laps and and and, and like pseudo pseudo fast laps because they liked their soft tires they there was no point in burning out another set of new tires they were they were warmed up they were right where they needed to be these people were putting in laps i mean Total laps they have here for George Russell is 29, Lewis Hamilton 20, 28, Fernando Alonso 26, Max Verstappen total laps and out of all qualifying was 24. So, and I think they, what I remember is, I think when you saw Alonso going in really between the the the, the, the sessions, the the Q, the each each uh, individual session. So he wasn't. They weren't pit stopping a lot of time. There wasn't a lot of pit stops in this one, which means that it was just the cars going as fast as they can. So making them have to force a new tire compound 
I mean, it kind of defeats the purpose of one um, getting it, it defeats the purpose of uh, just going as fast as you can. And then also kind of like uh, in a way, not you being a bit greener is what yeah, they kind of think. I see what However, you're uh, to to your point, though, I mean, um, to the idea of a change, I think it's not I don't, I don't think it's a coinkadink <laughs> that they're proposing this after they're they're fighting with the drivers and the teams about, about, about FP1. Not just not just SP one, one yeah. but also about um, tire blankets, about oh. how safe or whether they're unsafe or yeah, safe. Yeah, and sure. Marianne and I are at the point that it's unsafe, and and Lewis to is on the to remove them. Yeah, sure. and so I think that this is a way to kind of get teams to always use a set of tires to mm. to warm up, to break in. Mm. You get them to the one because if let's say you and I would also it could be interesting. Because I'm not saying I'm I'm against. The tire for the forced tire change in, in qualifying. Yeah. What makes it very interesting is that it creates kind of a strategy game, adds more to the strategy game of, you know what, I'm going to break in a, a set of hards. I'm and especially if they don't if, the yeah hards so, or or mediums which people seem to be avoiding this year. Where last season, uh, last year everyone wanted mediums. Uh, mediums were one of the better tires last season, and this year this season no one likes this the mediums. It turns out if, if they're finding out, but. It would mean that you could break in a set of hard tires that get rid of that uh, what what the tire blankets need to warm them up. You can warm them up yourself, but at the same time, just keep the tire blankets in and then maybe bring that. Uh, you know, it'd, right. be, it'd be interesting uh, to see what happens. So, yeah, a lot of really good points there, and I'll I'll preface everything with with my personal view. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Qualifying is exciting. Don't need to change it. But if they're gonna. Um, I've not fully explored this this proposal of you know using one compound or using all three compounds across the three sessions of qualifying. So I don't know all the all the details, and it is just a proposal. So it's not anything that they're gonna do yet, and it's not fixed as to what they would do if they do do it. How much wood would would chuck chuck if it would chuck could chuck wood? A lot of uh, woods in there. Sorry for that. <laughs> um, but because we are typing, we are speaking hypothetically, but. Perhaps it would be an, a, a situation where maybe they do mandate in Q in qualifying one, everyone runs the hard, everybody. And yeah. So then you don't have a situation, as you just proposed, where some teams might do this and sometimes might do that. It removes some strategery from it, but it also sort of levels the playing field. And to your point, I think the most important thing about racing is cars going fast. Yeah. So if everybody's on the hard at the same time for the entire session, let's say Q1, right then everybody's going to be driving as fast as they can on the same tire so so yeah. that actually might be might be interesting might make for a better spectacle uh although then you have all 10 cars on softs at the end again going faster so you know if that's the way they did it maybe that would be interesting so every single team is on the hard in q1 every single team is on the medium in q2 and every single team is on the soft in Q3. That could be interesting. That that I will say, I, if that's the way to, it it is, I agree with you. Very interesting. A lot of fun with that. Um, but yeah, I, I I agree with you though. Like I'm on the you and I agree with each other all the time, which I think maybe well, doesn't make doesn't all the time. Yeah, but enough of the time to to keep it light, but enough of the time we disagree to keep it interesting. Yes, oh, that's a very good way to explain that, Walter. But we agree with like that qualifying is fun for it. Just the factor of seeing fast cars go fast. Yes. Fast as again. It's just fun. You don't need to change that. And I'm old enough to remember qualifying when it was over two days and aggregate oh times. Gosh. And it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. 
horrific. All right, do you want to pick up uh, qualifying again? We left off with Yuki, and I think you certainly and I, you certainly felt, and I more or less agreed that it was good for him. But you know, he'd always want more, as every driver does. But after Yuki Tsunoda, we had Lando Norris. Speaking of drivers who probably, w- I wanted to segue into him about like two to five minutes ago, but uh, because of how well you said this, speaking of drivers, because of speaking of drivers who want who should be or want to be definitely higher up in the grid. Yeah. Lando Norris with McLaren with a one eighteen point one one nine. Um. Oh my gosh. I I don't even know where to start with this. Uh. Well, he outqualified his teammate. I mean, that's not that hard though. On the bright side, <laughs> that's unfortunately not not that hard. But yeah. <sighs> And how? And I'll be honest with you. Here, maybe this is a little conspiracy in me, mm-hmm. um, conspiracy theorist in me. With um, with the fact that everyone is so close to each other, what's what? If you look at the times, Walter, what do you notice about literally every single driver? Uh, looking at the, the times? times, yeah, I'm not sure. As I said, of course, the top eleven faster than last year's poll. Um, I don't know. You see it a couple times. I know. I, they're I all within. They're all within what? Of each other. Oh, they're all within, well, t- tenths, I suppose. One yes. or two tenths. So DRS. Right. DRS trains back, baby. Mm. So, and, and also, as we know, with, with one of the things that makes, uh, not as we all know, but Albert Hark is very, not so much infamously known, but is very well known of uh, how good of a toe you get coming out of that last uh, final corner. That's true. And so if you're all within hundreds and tenths of the mm. seconds, how much is that actually because the Mercedes in Lando Norris. I don't want to discredit Lando Norris. I think he's a very talented and very technical driver, very underappreciated for how crap his team is. Um, and it shows that if I think that if he wasn't in that car, if Danny Rick was in that car, it would probably be right beside Oscar Piastri in P15 or P17. And it just shows, shows you how good Norris is to make a crap box run. <laughs> but sure. how much of that is because he's in good toe distance. He he gets a toe from a lot of he's getting, and that's not to discredit him. That's just a like, oh, he got really lucky. Yeah, probably got a toe. It, it's an it's it's an interesting point, the toe that is, and I think that's also a good point you've made, saying that he's uh, he's probably pulled a little bit of an Alonzo in that he's outdriven the car in a good sense. I think mm. he's he's dragged that bucket of bolts up higher than arguably it deserves, right? Like so. And, and he, what do we do? He, he he qualified P thirteen, so I think for that McLaren for this year's McLaren. That's pretty darn good. Yes. Yeah. 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 I wanted, uh, you know, you you called him a very mean but very nasty name, very accurate name though, especially right now. Uh, you called good old Zach. Yeah. What was it, what was that so colorful name? Uh, you called him. You know, I I wish I remembered. I had a couple of good zingers <laughs> in our first couple of episodes. Uh, <laughs> did I call him the Nickelback of F one? No, you called him something a little bit more mean. Worse than that, okay. You called him the whore of advertising. <laughs> <laughs> on air? <laughs> on air. Oh, wow. Can you say that <laughs> word on air? Ah, uh, you know what? Oh, if you it, you if just if did, and apparently did, I so did in the past. I haven't had a, I haven't had a new. Wow. I haven't had any calls. But I wanted to bring up. I'm typing this up because uh, as of a few, not even not even three not even a week ago, McLaren got a new sponsor, a U.S. Again? sponsor. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, a Workday, uh, which is a financial management company and a California-based th- team. Okay, um, but this makes McLaren two. No, forty forty-seven. The oh, okay. next highest is forty-five. Yeah, uh, and Zach Brown had his thing was, I don't have the full quote, 
but he I'll I'll paraphrase it a little bit. Yeah. Saying he's happy for the sponsorship, he says, you know, more money, all that all that fun sure. stuff. He doesn't see how the team couldn't break fifty this year. Right. I thought honestly, I thought they already had. I thought they had too, which yeah. that, that was but that was honestly the surprise. Maybe maybe they did and, and some sponsors already fled. Maybe off of that championship. Oh my gosh! I I mean I probably would too, but at the same time, at what point do you kind of say yes, your team's not winning, but just any <laughs> sponsorship I'm and F one is a good sponsorship and F one. You just jump. You don't you don't leave F one. You just jump to the next to a winning car. Sure. As a sponsor, but that's um. I thought that was a little fun. I thought that you'd have a little fun. Uh, with yeah, that, totally. Um, <laughs> with that piece of I, I'm, I'm actually. Uh, I'd like to go back and and hear the tape on that. I I'm surprised that. Uh, that not to say I disagree, but I'm just surprised I said said something that harsh uh, on oh, air. But that's that, funny. That's how I feel. Um, I'm I'm kind of also half jokingly, half not waiting for the FIA to step in and limit the number of sponsors per team out of safety concerns. Because if a team is and I'm joking, of course, no. but if a team is you know spending all their time uh, just trying to get sponsors and not focusing on a car, which seems to be the case for McLaren, um, you know that's maybe something that's not good for the sport i i, I agree i mean almost funny if they're well the funny thing is is maybe all those sponsorships all that paint and sponsorships are just destroying yeah the exactly car it's worse too much drag it's a it's a <laughs> little bit millimeter higher not a millimeter but you know a thousandth of a micrometer oh uh, yeah i think uh, but yeah so zach brown getting more sponsors and uh, you know getting his his top driver getting the car up to 13 yay yeah <laughs> and and like at some point like Zach Brown's job is CEO of McLaren F1 and McLaren Motorsport, essentially. Like his job is to do that. So, like, very good, great, great, great that you're good at your job, Zach. But come on, sit, settle now. Mm. Team principals, uh, settle. Yeah. You or, or well, they've had some mm. massive restructuring there. James Key is out, and they brought a bunch of people yes. in, and we touched on this a little bit in a previous episode. They're that going is to this committee now. Yeah, and you know what? That's and another we all one. know how well committees work. Exactly. <laughs> they either do or they really don't. Right. <laughs> and then in Ferrari's case, they did both, yeah. uh, multiple times and multiple times of, in history. But that is an, that's another topic I would love to deep dive on to explain how that works and to into research both for myself but for listeners how how that works. That's a um, team management and ownership is is really interesting because they can vary so many ways, and like you have you have things like what's happening with McLaren, where you have committees running it that so much stuff is being spread out again. Ferrari did something like that, where they had eight essential managers at one point, and all within like an, a management committee of like eight to ten people, and and that. But Ferrari's also no, so it wasn't Ferrari. McLaren did it too. McLaren did that with um. Well, we're talking about McLaren doing it. No, but they do. They did it. They did it. Um, they doing in it the now. Past, yeah. But they did do it in the yeah, past probably. with um with I think it was like that was around the, s- around the same time that Lewis came in. Okay. They were doing with like Ross Dennis and and uh, I was it. Den- I Dennis? honestly don't recall. One of the most famous examples that I can recall is Toyota F1. They yeah. very famously ran sort of a a structure whereby the the head office of Toyota in Japan was sort of overseeing the F1 race team and still so th- everything the team wanted to do still had to be approved by Toyota Motor Corporation in Japan and 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 every not everybody but most people sort of point to that as what uh, caused Toyota n- to not really have any success in F1 because they had full financial backing it was at that time and maybe still is the world's largest producer of automobiles huge company lots mm-hmm. of money Lots of know-how, lots of engineering prowess, 
But and I think at the t- same time, Toyota had won a bunch they of championships. Never won a race in F one. Yeah, um, they might have had a pole. They might have had a fastest lap. They were on the podium a couple of times, but everybody that I know points to Toyota as an example of one of the most spectacular failures in F1, given their potential and their money. And BMW a lot of people point one. to it because of the structure. Yeah, yeah. And the, and it's, it's even worse because Toyota has a history of, um, of doing winning, well yeah, in races. Sure. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like almost to the point where they almost got banned. Yeah, from like and they've, <laughs> they've definitely, I feel, they've swept their F1 participation under the rug. Like it's hard to find any mention of it anywhere. It's like they, they just yeah. want to forget that. And yeah. they want the world to forget it. Yeah. yeah, and rightfully so. Like when you have like, <laughs> right. but unfortunately, rightfully so. Yeah. I was, I actually applied for a job at Toyota Ford. Right oh, now. so oh. would have been a really different career we, path. We would have had a communications you, manager. Yeah, didn't maybe. get an interview. Thankfully, maybe you wouldn't have enjoyed it. Maybe you wouldn't have enjoyed the sport as much, or maybe you would have enjoyed it more uh, if you were directly say. in there. It's hard you to say. Who knows? It's hard to say. Maybe you wouldn't. Maybe you would. We may have never met. Well, that's the thing, right? Know? I wouldn't probably be sitting here, and so I'm very grateful that uh, yeah. I am sitting oh, here. Oh, man, thank you for that one. Um, Moving on, uh, down in P14 with a 118.129, we have K Mags with the last, with the second Haas. Um, good for you, good for you, good for Haas having two two cars out of uh, that got into Q2. Um, yeah. Happier, I'm happier that Hulkenberg uh, qualified higher than than K Mags. Mm. Uh, I'm. Uh, I'll say it. I'll go on the air. I'm not a K Kevin. I'm not a Kevin Magnuson super fan. Yeah. I like that he's back in just because I like the driver diversity. I like the idea that not everyone's going super young. It's showing that people can compete. I like that there's a, the idea that these cars are not the idea that the, the cars are fast enough that that you can compete at any point. To your kind of overall qualifying qualifying day race day. Some some drivers are better qualifiers. Some yep. drivers are better um, racers. I think Ke- Kevin Magnuson is in the latter. I yes. think he's a better racer Agreed. than he is qualifier. Yep. I think he's in a very interesting p- spot to get some toes. Will he have the same battle with Yuki that he did in in uh, Saudi Arabia? Who yeah. knows? Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah. Honestly, that's about all I can really say. I'm. I agree with all of that except for one part of it. I'm the other way. I used to not be such a K Mag fan back in the day. But I'm more of a fan with this new sort of Kevin Magnus in 2.0. He's mellowed a bit. Uh, you know, he's married. He has a kid now. And I think he's more mature in the car. Uh, you know, and, and for anyone who doesn't know, I think it's important to point out he used to race for Haas. Mm-hmm. And he was dumped by Haas at the end of the season. And now he's back there. They called him up suddenly when they needed a, a driver very short notice to replace a particular Russian driver who, of mm-hmm. course, could no longer participate in F1. Um, so he came in last year on short notice, did pretty well, and I like that full circle nature of it. He kind of came back to that team, all was forgiven, and he came back with a more mature attitude. And uh, so I, I sort of like Kevin Magnuson 2.0. And, th- and that's fair. Like, he, he definitely, I think it should be noted that, uh, in like you kind of say, he got dumped by House, not necessarily just because of the performance thing, but I think if if anyone says anything, in my opinion, with Haas, if the team mentions anything about drivers not performing well, mm. I think it's kind of a, a t- the part of the turntable of irony in the sense of, 
Uh, see, I'm, I'm honing the phrase. Yeah. I got. I called yeah. it our last. I renamed right, our last. Table of irony. <laughs> I renamed That's our last. Be on our t-shirts. Yeah. Got to put oh. that on the merch. Oh, well, we will oh. merch list. Okay, Marianne. I know you're listening, Marianne. Make a note for that. Merch list. Merch list. Turn turn the turntable iron. We got little badges or nice. something like that. Yeah. I actually renamed our uh, episode. Uh, last episode, I called it like something like Jedi. I forget what I called it. It was, uh, and then I doesn't matter what you called it. What I renamed it to the Turntable of Irony. Lovely. And uh, my mom texted me like, "That's the funniest name I've had." And if Let's people want to find that, where do they find that? On Spotify, the F World. Oh, thank you so much, World. Thank you. Uh, yeah, the F World on Spotify or the F World Pod at on Instagram and the F World underscore Pod on Twitter. Please reach out because I was live tweeting. Uh, during qualifying, got some people to come out and, and reply and, and like some things. That's did where did we not get a rather um, prestigious follower? We did actually. I want to spend a, uh, a send a shout out to uh, a kind of a new follower of ours. Um, where are you? Where are you? This there. is a, uh, a rally cross driver who had participated in the uh, one of the most famous rally crosses of of all time, the Dakar Rally. Yeah, uh, we have a Tim Cornell or Cornell C O R O N E L. Tim, uh, Dakar 2023 rally driver, uh, part of the uh, what team is he? I think there's Cornell driving team. Yeah, that's and he's really following us on he's following he the F World on uh, on Twitter on Twitter. And All right, so we invite everyone else to do the same. Yeah, like some of our tweets is really funny. You can interact with some Dakar rally drivers. That's really that's really actually awesome. But yeah, so I don't know. I I agree with you. Back to K Mags. I agree with you. I like the 2.0. I like the mellowness he had. I think it's a really good improvement because he really got he was really taking like dumped from house because of his attitude um right. at the same time you and i both love a fiery fiery driver yeah i think he still has that i just i think that because of the media success i think people have a higher opinion of him than than he really is worth um but that's a really yeah. mean way of saying it yeah, i just think that yeah I think I that Hulkenberg, talent-wise, has more in him than, than Magnussen does, but I think Magnussen, somewhat technique-wise in the race, has more than Hulkenberg. And I think that's part yeah, of... No, I totally agree. Yeah, and I think that's part of a, a pressure thing with Hulkenberg. He really needs to get a podium. He hasn't gotten one. Yeah. Keep in mind, Kevin, Kevin Magnussen is a podium sitter, but only once. Well, he's a race winner. He is a race winner, too. That's for McLaren. Oh, hmm. Maybe we should switch. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the, maybe that's the switch we all need. Yeah, is back to McLaren. I think that and his. Well, hang on now. I'll have to double check if he is a race winner, but I'm let's say seventy nine percent sure that he is. Uh, but I think uh, to your point about podiums, definitely he's a podium placer, mm-hmm. and his his first podium may have been his debut with McLaren, perhaps. I, uh, I, I could be con. I could be. Uh, I could be confusing a lot of different stories there. So I don't know if we can find very quickly if he's a race winner, if we can confirm that. I am looking this up. And then the other no, one. he is not a race winner. Okay, so he then is I think a podium. I think that podium came on his debut with McLaren. I'm, fi- I'm trying to find that out here. I think that must buy be me, the case. Buy me some time. Yeah, no worries. I mean, if you find those photos, I remember seeing that podium, and I just can't remember if it was his debut. But he looks about 14 years old. He looks about 98 pounds soaking wet and about 14 years old. And now, uh, you yes, know, it was. I found it just here. Podium yeah. debut. Po- podium debut. Yeah. Uh, McLaren, yeah. 2014. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So not a race winner. I was wrong on that. I misremembered that. Yeah. But as the politicians say, I misremembered it. But he was a podium stander. Yeah. And that was on his debut. Yeah. For McLaren. Yeah. Oh. Also, you're 100% correct. He looks like he just, at the same time that he won a podium, he <laughs> just started to shave. 
Yeah, he, 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 looks, he, looks, he looks 14 so, years old, 98 yeah. pounds. Yeah. 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 Oh, my gosh. But going down from K Magnuson's to round out the top 15 or the bottom, technically the middle, <laughs> technically the exact middle. Is the, is the middle glass 15. half full or half empty? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm this, you know, this is the question. We're going to talk about this after, after in a second here. This is the question about half full or half empty. We have Nick DeVries or mm. Nick DeVries, mm-hmm. according to uh, my brother, Reese DeVries. Uh. DeVries. I, it's actually pronounced DeVries, mm. but. Um, I guess part of the minor jokes we have here at the uh, F-World is we somehow always find a name that should be pronounced pretty easily, and we always find a way to n- yeah, pronounce it. Yeah, I'm notorious at butchering yeah. pronunciation. Well, so I can barely pronounce my own name. Especially with Botas instead of Botas. But yeah. Um, yeah, but Nick DeVries with AlphaTauri coming, coming in at P15 with a 118, 118.335. Um, yeah, I think, again... I think there's a question, like kind of what you're mentioned with with Yuki. There's, is that really? Does that have something to say about the driver, or does that have to say about the team and the car? Yeah, AlphaTauri is in a really weird, tricky situation. We don't know if they're going to get sold. We doubt. I I think we both doubt that they're going to get sold, knowing how much Red Bull wants to remain to him dom- dominance. Agreed. I would love to see a rule where teams can't m- own more than like multi multi. You can be part of another team sure but you can't Outright own, own yep. another team yeah i wouldn't object to that that would be yeah. that would be interesting i think that would d- i think that would keep the spirit of competition yep. alive sure um but any uh, uh that's a little off topic um but yeah well he's he's two and a half tenths slower than his teammate so two and a half tenths is that the difference of three years experience in f1 versus three races experience in f1 for nick devries four if you count his sub for williams last year i think that's not i th- if that's your if that's a question i it think is. the answer i know it is <laughs> i th- i think the answer is a really bad one for yuki cuz i think it should not three i think 3 years experience should he be, should be higher the gap should be greater the, the gap should be greater agreed but then is that the issue of the car then is, is yuki sonoda did he get the maximum out of that car and he may have yeah like it may be that that's that's as fast as that car can go and i kind of think that's the case yeah. i think um that car is not a fast car and so we see two and a half tenths difference between their their veteran driver and their rookie. And I think probably that's a little bit of both. It's a little bit yeah. of DeVries being a rookie and it's a little bit of the car. It's just not strong. Yeah. And I, could, and I think that even last last year specifically, m- the more Yuki spun out and, out and the Sonoda spins or the Spinotas. Spinotas, yeah, the nice. Spinotas, that'd be a good one. Nice. I mean, it was hard because we, there's Mazda spin from Mazda. Mazda spin, of course, he was dumped from Haas. From yeah. Haas, yeah, yeah. So Mazda spin. So maybe Yuki Sonoda is a Yuki Yuki Spinota. Spinota, uh, I like it. Uh, got oh god, okay, we got it. We got it. We got to Another one for the merch list. <laughs> we got to write this down. <laughs> we got to make sure no one takes these things from us. Uh, but I think a lot of the times that he spun out, he was him really giving the car a lot, and so and maybe that's giving him a little too much credit. Because I think there was as many times that Sonoda spun because now, of pushing the car to its limits. Yeah. I think he spun just as much for just not being a good driver. Well, and the thing is, pushing a car and spinning is fine in practice. That's why practice is there, to find the boundaries, find the limits of the car, to push the envelope, so to speak. And so when I see drivers doing that in practice, except for Perez this weekend, because that was just a car issue, I think, but when I see drivers spinning in practice, generally, I think that's a good thing. And people used to always say that about Vettel. 
Vettel was always, not always, but he really pushed it in practice, often to the point of having an off, if you will. And that can be a good thing. But with Sonoda or Spinoda, it happens in the races. And that's mm. the problem. You need to work that stuff out in practice so that you're not doing it in the race. And when we go to our discussion or go back to our discussion of you know who's a better race driver versus who's a better qualifier, I don't think Zenoda is a particularly strong qualifier, but he may be slightly better than he is a racer in the race. And so I think DeVries has an opportunity to maybe race better and perhaps pass Zenoda in I the think race. I think so too. Yeah. I think that um, I mean, if he if 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 DeVries is able to to stay where he kind of is, I think he's got great DRS and toe strength, uh, and a, and a really good toe between between that. He actually, I think, line lining up, he lines up behind Norris. Um, yeah, that's right. So he, so yeah, he's got a really good chance to jump to jump a couple spots if he's able to get a solid toe from Norris and and into and out, and out of the um and out of like turn four ish. Uh, or really out of turn three, if he, if if he can clear turn three, which seems to be the problem turn for Red Bull, uh, and for and even Lando, like Norris, he had a, he went off track at turn three and turn four as well. So you never know. If, if I think that you can see Devries jump up, I don't think he'll get points, but I think he I would I have confidence that he probably could finish P twelve uh, over top of Sonoda. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. I, I think no points for the Alpha Tauri uh, in this particular race. And I think, yeah, I think we will see uh, the rookie, DeVries, passing the teammate. Speaking of rookies, coming in at the bottom of Q, into that didn't get into Q2, Oscar Piastri with the, do we call it a McLaren racing car? Or do we call it the McLaren soapbox car? Or I don't know. Do we call it the McLaren mobile advertising unit 2000? We definitely call it that. That's okay. definitely one hundred percent what it's called. We should get we should get models. That's <laughs> the McLaren, McLaren Mobile Advertising Unit two thousand. Maybe we should email out to Zach Brown and say we'll give you two hundred dollars <laughs> to put our the podcast logo well, on. Somewhere. He is such a <laughs> he'd probably <laughs> take it. <laughs> maybe, maybe he will. You know exactly. But anyway, so Oscar Fiastri comes in with McLaren at P sixteen with a one eighteen point five one seven. I think that's arguably. Is that the biggest? That's not the biggest gap. That no, I can't. I think Between I think the biggest gap is teammates. Just in general, no. I think I think the biggest gap is well, gap to what? Gap from to from one racer to the next racer. I think the biggest gap is oh well, that's only a couple of tenths off of DeVries uh, Q two times. So yeah. yeah, it's hard to say actually. I don't know. I can yeah. perhaps stall a little bit if you want to look that up. No, I have I have it all here. So okay. there's there's no way you there's no reason to really stall. But just because all right, bring they're, it. They're all yeah. It's it doesn't look like it's, it looks about average. They're all sort of they're all two tenths, two and a half tenths. Yeah, like I think arguably maybe Alex and Charles Leclerc buy with three tenths from each other. Okay. I think that I think that's really about it. Yeah. But so either way, second second furthest end. But yeah, you know he's a rookie. Okay, the car is bad. He's supposed okay. to be this, supposed to be this outstanding talent. He, but he, I'm sure he must. Well, not maybe he doesn't yet regret, but he must be having some doubts at least about who he ultimately signed for. I think th I think th to answer that question, uh, or the answer, yeah, maybe not the answer, but a, a way to look at the that type of question is. Uh, what uh, what ratio are you do you not regret it because you are just happy you have the drive in F one and that gives you the opportunity to mm -hmm. drive a crap car 
Kind of like the but idea. He, he, he could have been in F1 with Alpine. Yeah. In P9 or 11 if he could drive at least as well as Pierre Gasly or Esteban Ocon. Which we could ar- we can arguably say he'd, I would say, probably could. As good, yeah. If They're not probably better in a better car than he has now. So, boy, oh, boy. Because yeah. he, he looked really good in practice when he was with Alpine the sure. times that he came in. Well, he's, so. he's a good driver, but he's he signed up for a terrible team in its current guise and a terrible car. And a terrible CEO. Yeah. So is he just motivated by money? Is that it? I doubt it at that young age. Yeah. Um, but maybe they drove a truckload of money up to his door and said, drive for us. And he said, okay. Yeah. I, don't I, know. I have the conspiracy theory of Darth Alonzo. I think I think I've talked to you about that where like Alonzo was mad, so he left. And so he's good friends with Mark Webber. Mm-hmm. Who Mark Webber is Oscar Piastri's manager. manager. Sure. So is there is there a, a Sith conspiracy within the Senate? Well, I Darth Alonso boy, speak, this. speaking of Siths, I saw a photo of uh, Alonso uh, hanging out with Flavio Briatore recently. Oh. And uh, I mean, I think they were just, you know, having dinner yeah, together or something. Yeah. But uh, he was Briatore used to be banned. I think he has a lifelong ban from from F1 events for his involvement in uh, Crashgate in Singapore. Hmm. Can I spell Briatore? Briatore. B-R-I-O-T. And that should get you close enough. Flavio Briatore, of course, he was the uh, the team principal there at Renault back when uh, Alonso was winning his two world championships for Renault. He was always, you know, F1 is about pushing the limits and about finding loopholes. Fraud, char- 1980s fraud charges. Yeah, yeah but he was always pushing well past the boundaries of the rules. There was this crash gate in Singapore where, uh, I don't know if you know the story, but the uh, the second driver the Renault team was told to crash purposely to bring out the safety car so that Alonso could win uh, and that's what happened and uh, that was eventually pegged to Briatore the team principal and who yeah. was banned from F1 I don't know if it was a lifelong ban he's back this year okay he's allowed to be back this okay. year on the very yeah man interesting story yeah it is crash gate scandal uh, Paquette's qu- Paquette also Nelson Paquette part of crash gate too yeah he was the second driver at Renault yeah. who crashed Deliberately, at the instruction of the team boss, Flavio Briatore, to bring out a safety car so that Alonso could win the race. Did we just a rebuilding a Sith conspiracy of F1 here? Well, Are we the first ones to build it? I don't know. I, did, uh, I all, did all the memes, did all the memes line up? Did they all line up? There's nothing new under the sun. But all that is to say, I really have, I would be so surprised if Oscar Piastri is not at least doubting his choice if not fully outright regretting it, I think yeah. I think because if I'm him, you're doubting. I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think as a I think any competitor is doubting that choice um, for for fair reason, for good reasons. And it's not to say like L, not to say that McLaren doesn't have it in in them. Who knows? It's a it's it's a it has to be a long con. I think at this point you're kind of saying okay, we are going but, to. But how long? Because they had Danny Rick, arguably one of the best drivers on the grid. He couldn't drive that car. Lando Norris, no slouch in a car. He can just barely drive that car mm-hmm. for the last three years. Mm-hmm. So how long is their long con? I think they're long, long. gone. Ooh. Ooh, coming in with the puns right off the bat. <laughs> right off the bat. This is, this, yeah, I don't know. I I think so many questions. Are, I don't know because it can change so much. But I I agree. You're you're doubting yourself. Does is that kind of adding more to the lack in performance in, in Piastri because I think he probably could have gotten into Q2. I think he's 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 point 
He was six one hundredths off. Yeah, so he 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 has it in him. He's he's got it in it. Like, well, and but the car does obviously because Lando yeah. did get it into Q two. So the car has it in it. Uh, you would think Piastri does because there was obviously so much uh, jockeying to get him. Of course, we we had Alpine announcing that he yeah. was going to drive for them. Him himself <laughs> and Piastri saying, uh, no. "No, I'm not." Which and oh then McLaren saying he's driving for us. So there, there yeah. was that whole saga, and that's my point. Agreed. He's got to be doubting that decision. Y- you have to be. Uh, yeah, and like maybe, maybe after some major upgrade packages, we can maybe see McLaren staying in P11 to P15 this year. But even then, I, I doubt that. I think it's just such a such a sh- uh, a close grid. I I, th- I think this season will be their worst. Placing in the constructors' championship uh, since I can't remember when. I think they are going to be Deep. worse than last year, worse than the previous year. They're just going to be terrible. Are we going? Are we going to suggest? Yeah. A no point season. No. No. Okay. McLaren. No point season for McLaren. That'd be that'd be a bold, um, bold suggestion. Uh, honestly, <laughs> bold I, I'm a spiteful, spiteful person. I want to see that. <laughs> I want to see Zach Brown <laughs> lose his job. Because he's got enough money, he could survive. You know, I don't want, I don't, I don't wish ill upon anyone in their family. Of course, he's got enough money, he could survive if he were cer- unceremoniously fired, and that's what I want. That Fires, is. fire Zach. That's it's it, there. I've checked. It is a hashtag already. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Send these thoughts out to hashtag fire, <laughs> fire, Zach. fire Zach. And and Walter will be they the one. They can tag on, me. Walter will be on the on the Twitter, just ready ready to, and but, to uh, support so this. Start a revolution. I'd love to see it, but a, a no point season for McLaren. Uh, no, I, yeah. I don't think we will see it, but I would love to see it. Yeah, there will eventually be some sort of crash. There's, there's, I'm expecting a big crash this season. I don't know when, I don't know where, but I'm expecting a pretty massive one that could, that could, could potentially could be, end the race. Could it be Perez this weekend? If oh. they can't sort out that issue. You, you're, you're, you're four, you're four drivers too, 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 too far before that. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> but we'll, we'll talk about. We'll park that. that for now. Oh yeah, or, or beach it even. Um, so after Oscar Piastri, we have Joe Guanyu. Uh, Guanyu. So I always add the R in there. There's no R. I don't know why I always say Guanyu instead oh. of Guanyu. Yeah. But I always somehow do the first time. And I'm sorry, Joe, because I gotta say, Joe, ooh, coming in this weekend had the greatest style. Had had oh he had the post Joe. Joe he had the best style he oh he looks so fleek well he he's fleek yeah that's fleek? A, that's the term he's on fleek is that a combination he's, of uh, chic and fly yeah it actually like is pretty fly for yeah, a yeah. white guy which yeah. is a song yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no it's, it's exactly fleek. that's exactly right. he he has he comes in he always has these modeling pictures like oh Joe. But he's always there. He has he has some comments about Valtteri Bottas's style. Yeah, he, he said he didn't like Bottas's <laughs> style. <laughs> he's just like, it's just, well, he didn't say he didn't like it. He said Was it's it not him? my. Yeah, it's not yeah. for him. Yeah, it's not what he would do. Which is code for I don't like it. Yeah, it's politely saying he doesn't like it. But, um, but Joe came in, comes in, yeah. with qualifies P seventeen with a one eighteen point five four zero. So only out qualified his teammate, qualified his, his teammate. much more seasoned veteran teammate, a race winner, mm-hmm. uh, a number the second driver, not necessarily the number two although he probably was but at least the second driver of course at mclaren uh, at mercedes mercedes f1 when they were winning all their championships so you know 2019 2019 potas won the australian grand prix and he won it for for mercedes he beat his teammate hamilton by 20 seconds 
at the end of the race. 2019, Valtteri Bontas, he himself, I think, has said yeah. that's his greatest drive. That's the that's So the if you want to go back, that's porridge. Yeah, that's, that's porridge. Yeah, that's the infamous whoever it concerns. Oh, that you. too. <laughs> but that's also porridge where people asked him, like, well, how do you explain the difference that you just beat Hamilton by 20 seconds? And he's like, oh, I ate my porridge this morning. Yeah. So if you search yeah. Valtteri Bontas and porridge, you'll see a lot of memes about that. Yeah. But if you're ever looking some for memes right now a race to go back and watch, that's one. Because he was one. dominant. Yeah. So point being, the guy knows how to drive. Yeah. And he's having a great time in F1. I love his style more than uh, Joe's style because he's adopted sort of this Aussie style. He's got the mm-hmm. mullet. He's got the stash. Uh, his initials VB is a very famous type of Australian beer, Victoria Bitters beer. He was drinking a bunch of that. Of course. Like this so weekend. he just launched a gin company. He's having a great time in F1 as being an F1 participant, let's say. Yeah. Not even a driver. Because I don't think he's – my point being, he's got a terrible car, granted. Uh, Alfa Romeo is the only team with both cars not to get out of Q1. Yeah. Right? So terrible car, but he's getting out qualified by his teammates. So uh, as much as I love him, I think he needs to buckle down a little bit. And who am I to say this? But I'm going to say it. He needs to buckle down, focus on the task at hand, which is being faster than his teammate. He's yeah. got no excuse not to be. Yes, it, I, I completely agree with you. And like, of course, what we mean by out qualified because Valtteri Bottas uh, qualified P19 uh, with a 118.714, which is up there with one of the biggest differences differences between at least kind of between teammates and that but yeah i i don't know and like you could in uh, i think that to a degree you could hear him uh in between q1 just kind of shaking you could see him shaking his head and really talking to the uh his teammate saying like okay what, what's going on here and not just his teammate joe but his team and his engineers and i think what's going on here wasn't what it was but yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel that he's he's almost living. He's doing the, he's doing the LIU lifestyle, the living living it up lifestyle a little too much. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's kind of doing what I would. Yeah, he's kind of doing what I would have wanted Daniel Danny Rick to do last season. Mm-hmm. And I think that just shows the different mentalities of competitiveness between him and Danny. Where Danny was very very like pissed off. He was not like. But last season, we all know he was just not happy. Right. And but like Danny Rick is a poster boy for social media. And I feel that he was borderline faking a lot of it, and sure, because he wants to win. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel Bottas is now at that point where he's deciding. I think you mentioned it. Maybe I don't forget. Maybe like right before we started uh, recording today, you kind of mentioned like, is he is he reckoning himself? But in a in a right. non reckoning way, where reckoning just didn't care. He's cashing a check. Yeah, is he in that is, last is, year? Yeah, yeah, is Bottas kind of like? Well, is he building? Is he building his brand up? And if he's building his brand well, up abs- and un- unequivocally, he's building the VB brand. He launched yeah. that gin company. He's doing lots of pro- yeah, un- unequivocally. Yeah. And like, good for you, man. Like, good for you to, to uh, use a platform yeah. to, to do that. But you're right. But Walter, you're right. You're you're paid to win a race. Yeah. Win a race. I'm going to. OK. Or drive to win a race. I love his driving style. Of course, he was a Williams driver. Uh, I love his everything about him. But I'm going to call it right now. He's going to retire at the end of this year. This. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was going to say twenty four. to retire. I was going to say twenty four. I want. I want to see if his because I think his contract's up until twenty four. But I, I, I think stand by it. But you could still, yeah, you could say that you could pay it out. Especially imagine the gym, com- the gin company takes off and he just pays himself his contract out and leaves. What now, a way to go! By talking about the differences between Joe and Valtteri Bottas for Alpha Romeo, 
that conveniently allowed me to skip over William's second driver. Well, we, we were yeah, we <laughs> we didn't get to we were going we're getting to now. So splitting the Alpha Romeos is our boy. If you've been following along with the with the pod, on the pod, you know that Logan Sargent is our boy in the rookie pool. Well, yours and my our well, boy. certainly mine. Yeah, not Marianne. Marianne did the traditional way, correct? Uh, which I think that technically all three of us are wrong. We're, I'm still well, waiting. Yeah, it's looking that way. Yeah, I'm still waiting for our first uh, listener to send in a Nick DeVries. Number one, okay. Rookie pool, pool spot. Well, no one does that. No one right. texts. Everyone who texts me is like, Dude, "I'm listening. I'm listening." Like, well, join the Discord. Put up the, or shut up. Yeah, join the Discord. The F World Podcast. Actually, Marianne just texted us on the F World Podcast Discord, uh, which is Spinoza. Lol. I'll get to work on that. Nice. Well, she's not saying get to work on that, but I'm adding that for her so sure. that she does get to work on that because she's listening. But point is, Spinoza. That's that's sticking in. Uh, but going back to it, P18, Logan yep. Sargent with Williams at a 118.557. Oh, boy. Well, That's and, not where we want to see him. And, and, and the time the time there, the 118.557, uh, you know, literally just a, a hundredth off of uh, Joe Guanyu, Joe Guanyu, sorry, uh, ahead of him in 17th. But that doesn't uh, – Logan's time, Logan Sargent's time really doesn't tell the tale of how bad he looked. Yeah, you know he, he just did not look comfortable, and especially when we see how much pace is in that car. Because let's not forget, Albon is way up in P eight. Yes, so so we know the car can do it. When I made my rookie picks, I made them based on the car and the team before I looked at the driver. If I was just focusing on driver skill, I would have chosen it differently. Yeah. I think DeVries and Piastri arguably are better drivers than Logan Sargent, but I really felt that and we're seeing it with McLaren at least, that that team is just so far off the rails, it is going to cripple and handicap uh, uh, Piastri. Mm-hmm. And and DeVries, I felt similarly. The team itself, Alpha Tauri, is not in as much chaos as McLaren, but the car is just not good, arguably better than McLaren. But I really felt, and you said so many times, this is Williams' year, and I really believe that. So I thought, This is the okay, rebuild year. Yeah. Right? This is really th- Logan Sargent, I felt not as good as those other two rookies, rookies, but the team Williams this year is, and we're seeing that, but we're seeing Logan rookie be rookie. Yeah, and and so you know what's funny? I actually the reason why I chose Logan for me, like why I chose Logan as number one for my pick, was something that you said during when I was when we were talking a lot about the feature when we were when we were interviewing for that and recording and like getting ready for that bit. You mean your five or six page feature on the. On F one on the W fourteen that really backfired on me and now and everyone and if people want to read that they can find it ufe.cascade.ca look up uh, features and sports or just uh, Google t- my Google my name T E R Y N M I D Z A I N it'll be about the second or third thing you see it is it's a great feature and I do encourage the people to uh, check it out but what is it that that but I said to you, lead you down we, that we, path? we we never got it didn't get into the feature unfortunately okay. but one of the things you had mentioned we were starting to talk about was the pressure on rookies, mm-hmm. specifically Oscar Piastri coming into a team at the time was fourth or fifth and now probably like near the last. And that made me think, okay, well, a team that doesn't have as much pressure on an, on a rookie is Logan Sargent in the middle of a rebuild mm-hmm. in a time where he was coming into F1 having purposefully kind of eased off in F2 so that way he didn't crash and lose his super license. Um, and Nick DeVries, compared to, Nick, compared to D- DeVries and Piastri, um, Logan Sargent ha- was technically racing. 
Uh, DeVries was and Piastri were already reserve drivers. They were already world champions in in, in different uh, and technically in multiple different uh, series of formulas. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and Logan Sargent was still driving a lot. So the other two didn't have the same um, pressures pressure of I don't need I need I need to keep my super license. But Sargent's coming in with a slightly I would almost say. Um, more pressure was put could have less pressure story would have been put on because obviously AlphaTauri is a Red Bull team they demand a lot. Uh, Nick DeVries was if and I think DeVries had a really good chance of going to Williams because of his Mercedes connections. I would have that would have been a really fun, that would have been a very fun team if DeVries. But th- I don't want to talk bad about Sergeant, but um, but I think that's just like. He really is out of the three rookies. He is arguably the least he's experienced. He's the rookiest. Yes, I think he he's showing the most rookie behavior. Yes, because he's he's spinning the car. He's he's not looking confident in the car. I hope that he is confident, but he's not looking confident because mm-hmm. he's spinning it and he's making these little mistakes, like putting the two tires in the purple zone to lose his track time. I mean, he's just he is a rookie, fine, but he's looking very rookie-ish. And it doesn't seem to be progressing as the season progresses. In fact, I think race on race on race, we're in the third race. He's Isn't looking worse. worse and worse and worse. I agree. I agree. And one, maybe, I don't know. I really don't want to like put anything negative on the guy. But is this also maybe has something to do with the fact that in Bahrain, he had roughly like two or three weeks to learn that track. Okay. Whereas yeah, fair enough. He's only had five days to learn Saudi and to learn to learn Australia. Yeah, has and he has he raced at Albert Park in a junior formula? I don't know. Who but knows? That, that's a very good point because of testing in Bahrain. Yeah, and then the race in Bahrain. He was certainly more familiar with that track. That's but, a, that's but a very astute point. And 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 like, but to that point, th- to to that though, to that 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 comment though, um, that's not a good that that adds more because that means that he needs to have at least a week or two to learn the track to be competitive enough. Yeah. Um, well, and, and you just don't have that. Yeah, he needs to be getting into more. He needs to have new, and he needs to be communicating with his team what's making him uncomfortable, what's making him comfortable so, too. So I'll say this, Logan Sargent, if you're listening to the F World, and we hope you are, please join. Please come on the podcast with us. I'd like to point out that you are among the three rookies this year, leading in the World Drivers Championship. Yeah. Among the three rookies. Yeah, still three. <laughs> <laughs> Up until we'll see after the results come in in Australia. But currently, um, Logan Sargent is 16th ahead of Nick DeVries in 18th and Oscar Piastri in 19th. So yeah. he is leading the rookies. Good on him. Uh, but he's looking very rookie-ish. And unless he's able to drag his Williams, he wouldn't even have to drag it up because the pace is in that car. He just needs to extract the pace. I'm really hopeful that you know, I think he's perhaps a better racer than a qualifier. I think he's really feeling that pressure in qualifying, and that's causing those mistakes to creep in. And so I'm, I'm optimistic that he can uh, place much higher in the race. I don't think he's going to get into the points, but I'm optimistic that he's going to beat the other two rookies in the race. Mm, no, especially with a pit stop. You know, the pit stop, you never know what's going to happen. They could be sure. a one-stop, two-stop. Yeah. Who knows what happens with Albert Park. Yeah. I'm expecting a one-stop because it is kind of another short, shorter I mean, race. It has to be at least a one-stop, of course, yeah. to, uh, to f- unless it's a wet race. Ooh, oh, but I then it would be a one-stop, too, so because excited. they'd have to switch to the wet tires. But yeah. I don't think it's going to be a wet race. We looked at the forecast yeah. uh, before be coming like on air, and I think it's supposed to be sunny in 22 yeah. degrees. So. Yeah, it's supposed to be pretty good. Um, that, of course, you, you know, that, that finishes the grid for qualifying. But, oh, wait, 
people might be asking, but but Taryn, how come you didn't? You only mentioned the really team that we only said once. You only said one team. You only had one team. You mentioned one time, and you only went down nineteen racers. Well, that's because uh. our boy Sergio Perez, good old Checo, DNF'd in qual Q one on a turn three beach. Yeah, uh, that's a Red Bull driver there with the best car. Now he's starting in P twenty. So that's where the idea of the the Red Bull sandwich, which the metaphor yeah, doesn't really necessarily make sense because it's an F one sandwich on Red Bull. Yeah, like exactly. you order ham and cheese on rye. Exactly. The last thing describes the bread. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's, it's an F one sandwich on Red Bull. Yeah. Because they are literally they're bookending the grid. Ooh. And that's the other expression that, that I think they're. I think I think our F one people are getting confused between sandwiches and bookends. Yeah. Because bookending something is a real expression. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have a Red Bull in first, and we have a Red Bull in twentieth. They yeah. are bookending the grid. It's an F1 sandwich on Red Bull. Is this a big brain? And I think I'm on Red Bull this morning. I feel a bit hyper. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't. No, I didn't crack it. Oh, you had one before? I did. Oh, nice. Okay. (laughs) Maybe it shows. (laughs) I had three. I I was actually, uh, I had breakfast with my father and he always, um, he he loves, I have Saturday morning breakfast and he always like says, oh, you know, I'm not paying attention. I'm not paying attention to it. I, all my information comes from you. Oh. And then I get there. I I get, I get to, I went to Anne Marie's in Abbotsford. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Great. All the race cars, historic you know, downtown Abbotsford. Very historic downtown Abbotsford here. That's a good point. That's a very, very good comment. I'm sure they love the shadow. Love that place. Great breakfast. Their their farmer sausage Denver omelet is sublime. But the point is, is that uh, I get there and all my dad talks about. He has on his phone. He's got <laughs> he's got the links. He's got the nice. he's got the qualifying up the F1 results and all that. And I just kind of like dad. You do watch this. He was like, well, I have to I have to know what I'm talking about. So. Nice. Thanks, Dad. You keep me on my toes too, still, too. But Sergio Perez, P20, starting from the back. I guess there's, there's two types of questions I have with this. Is One, where do you expect him to go? Do you see, do you see him charging up the field and getting into, P2, into, Q, into P2, uh, especially with pit stops and that? No. Or do you – ooh, okay, the answer to that. <laughs> and then this, the follow-up question is, if he's not finishing on podium, where do you think he'll finish? Definitely think the points, Yeah. but I'm thinking uh, like P7. That really, it really depends, I think, on A, what is the issue with that car? And number two, can they sort out that issue? And, or, and three, is Paris talented enough to get? I uh, mean, yes. I, think, I think he to is. To the latter point, yes. Yeah. So there seems, you know. He's done, I, this, I, he's done that before. He's, he's come back from 20th to win oh the yeah. race like oh yeah. two or three times. And the car itself is quick enough to do that. We saw it with uh, we saw it with Max starting in 15th, finishing in second. The car is quick enough. Perez, I think, has the racecraft to do it, the ability, the skill. But can the team, or does the team want to wink, wink, fix that car? Yeah. Of course, the the real question can is the is the can former. Can, can they even? Can do they know what's wrong with it? You have to know what's wrong with it to fix it, and then so that can they find out what's wrong with it? And then fix it if it is a car issue, which I think it is. And, you know, I was listening to multiple coverages and, you know, reading different things. And I was so surprised that there was even a debate amongst commenters. Is it a car issue or is it just Perez not driving well? It has to be a car issue. It has to be. Because he cannot. He's a race winning driver. He's been in F1. How many years? He had. He did. He is a veteran's veteran. I, I agree. And he has his off days, sure. 
but the amount of times he has his off days, and he went off a lot in FP3. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that was not an off day for him going off. That, to me, no. 100%, that's a car issue. Now, what is the issue? Some people were talking about, oh, there was a some sort of anti-roll bar in the back that was not connected because they had the floor off you know, uh, for 20 minutes before, I think, FP1. There yeah. were people talking about, is it a braking issue? Uh, I don't know, but if I had to guess from what I've seen – my money would be towards the latter, a braking issue. I think there's a braking issue there. But we don't know because even Perez himself, at least what we heard on the, the world broadcast for Team Radio, he just said it's the same issue. He didn't say it's the brakes again or he didn't say it's this again. He just said it's the same issue, which I think is actually quite cunning because they don't really want to let the world know what the issue is, if they know what it is, or maybe they just don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know. Uh I think it sounds also kind of like a, like electronic. He's saying the 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 rumor mill is saying technical electronic electronic technical issue. Well, the oh, brakes are break by wire. Oh, right? that's a good point. Yeah. So it, so when I say braking issue, I don't I don't necessarily no. mean the brakes themselves, like the rotors and the calipers. Uh, could be, but I doubt it. it yeah. No, when so I say braking issue, I mean the break by wire system. Yep. Yeah, unresolved FP3 braking issue. Yeah. Uh, so to answer your questions, uh, will he finish? Will he win the race? No. Will he finish in P two? No. Where will he finish? I, I, as I alluded to earlier, I say he's not gonna. He's gonna crash out. Ooh. DNF. Ooh. DNF. A double day DNF. Calling yeah. it out here. Oh my yeah. gosh. Double trouble. Double trouble. Yeah. He's not gonna finish. He's gonna have. Uh, they're not gonna resolve that issue. It's going to bother him during the race, and it's going to cause him to uh, crash into another car or to go off or to, to, to do something, some problems. Yeah. No, I think the, I think the big the, another big question, though, is is, um, is, is can, can, if Red, in terms of Red Bull fixing the issue, is can Red Bull even, even do the issue, fix the issue? Because to, to, does the catering budget allow them well, to, the, to have anything? Well, but, sure. but in general, with their penalties in that, like, can they? With or do upgrading? they want to? Do I they want to? Do they want to sort of punish Perez for being too good last race? <laughs> oh my gosh, what a! I mean, uh, they don't want to do that, of course, because they want to win the the uh, constructors' championship. But you know, if you want to go down the conspiracy path, there's lots of fuel for that fire there because he won the last race, and now suddenly his car is a problem. Yeah, I and it's a problem. They don't know what it is. And they can't isolate it, and they can't fix it. Like, come on. I saw a meme where it showed Yosef Stappen, like, working, <laughs> on the, working on the car. <laughs> oh, my well, God. Could you, you imagine? Know, and as we were talking, I, did, I had an idea. If I'm Christian Horner, I, I wonder if it's better to start Sergio from the pit lane. Right? We could mm -hmm. see that. Mm -hmm. Rather than mm -hmm. starting in P20, which is his grid spot. You know, and having to go into turn one, you have to take a penalty for that, though. Do you, I don't you know. Have to, you have to take. You have to fix the car and take a penalty. Like that's at the pit Can lane. Can you not elect? Just voluntarily choose to start from the pit lane. I would have without taking a penalty. If you I'm can, sure. and I don't know. I don't. Sure. If you can, then I might advocate for that. I would. I start would start from the pit lane so that he doesn't have to be in the thick of it, if you will, in whatever's going to happen in turn one, which. Things often happen in turn one in F1. Yeah, and Albert Park has a turn one, two, three into turn four. It's a very fun, technical, tricky section that there could be crashes there, especially with such a tight sure. everyone fighting for a position. So but yeah, I I agree with you. If you if you're allowed to, if they're allowed to do it, fix the car. Like if you if all it is is a like because all I know with people starting from the pit lanes is they've always had like a, a grid penalty fix 
anyways. Right. And that's given them the option to do it. So if that if that's what it takes, if fixing the brake causes you a grid penalty that makes you start in the pit line, take the grid penalty. Right, so of course, you, you have you, you're the, the gr- starting from the pit lane, I would argue, is an advantage for Perez in this case. Well, not, uh, if it allows them to f- work on the car and then start in the pit and avoid any chaos, I'd say that's the way to go. Oh. So yeah. stay tuned. Maybe that's what will happen. Ooh, yeah. Do you uh, – g- so we, that's that's the grid. We that's, <laughs> the grid. That, that's the grid. That's the starting grid. I'm, I'm so happy. We got through all 20 of them. We got some good, good, good sound bites in this one. I'm not going to toot our own horn. But, yeah, um, that's the – that's so that's the grid, one, 1 to 20. I, I really don't know. I, t- I, I, no, I, don't, I do know. You and I agree with this. You start from the pit lane. If yep. you can, if you can, you start them. If you don't, you pray to whatever gods you need to, or or don't. Who knows? Uh, that something happens to Sergio Perez, are they good or bad? Um, I think so I, w- I would love it. I need to turn the tables. Where those same questions to you? Is he gonna the same questions you asked me? Is he gonna get through the field and finish in P two? No, I don't think he will. Okay, because I, I just because I don't think no matter how where good is he, he gonna is, finish? Mm, I want to say P seven. Wow. Okay. P seven. Yeah, I mean, I think he's. I think that's just actually a harder call than mine. Mine's easy to say. He's just not going to finish, and then I'm either right or wrong. For you, there's a, a, a lot, lot more right to go wrong. Yeah. Because he can I, finish. I have to eat seven, I six, may, five, eight, ten, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I may have to eat ketchup chips and milk from Marianne <laughs> if, if I lose that. Um, I won't. I, I don't think I will. I've been managing to avoid that for like a while, so who knows? Yeah. She's and probably going to text me about that pretty soon here. So if I'm but looking correctly at the clock, we got about 10 minutes or so left. Is that right? Yeah, I got about 10, 10 minutes. 15 minutes? Uh, we, have some, we have some more. Uh, we have a little things. Because uh, ha- every qualifying, we always ask, wh- who, where's your, what's the podium? Yeah, of course. That's what I was wondering. Where's should we the get podium? to that? We should. I just okay. I, we will get to that. I just want to say the reason why I'm saying P7 for for Oh, yeah, that's uh, a very for Perez specific number, yeah. Is because, A, I think Perez is a very, very good driver. Yes, I agree. B, I think that that championship car has the op- the, the ability to do it. Absolutely to agree. He g- has, totally has the ability to get him to P2. Absolutely But agree. I think that Albert Park is a track that is smaller in, cons- in size. It is more, it is, the, the uh, grid is very, very compa- compact okay. onto this one. Kay. That I think that fighting with this grid the way it is with a lot of teams, a lot of jumble of the teams fighting, I think yeah. it's going to be a harder thing. For the Red Bull to really push forward, right? Gotcha. To bunt, to punch forward, and yeah. to, to use that strength. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that I don't want to be mean to the on the guy. Uh, he is the wax statue. <laughs> um, I'm making it work. Hashtag the wa- pair is the wax statue in every single incident. If he was a wax statue, he'd be the one that people would go take pictures of the most. Um, but I just don't think that he. That this is a track that will fit Perez's style to get that to get to get to P two without a big crash or without a really really good yeah, yeah. and they ha- still have Hannah Schmidt. Hannah Schmidt is arguably one of the greatest. She's the strat- uh, lead strategist strategy engineer for Red Bull. She was the re- one of the main reasons why Red Bull did amazing strategies last season. She's still calling the shots. Yep. She's still doing great. She clearly made Daniel Ricciardo look really good on on the Red Bull on the down under uh, the Daniel Ricciardo's road mm-hmm, trip. Mm-hmm. So she was in there. You know that, that you know that she's got it. She knows she knows what she's doing. I think the team, if they really wanted to get there, they can get them there. But I'm going to say the P7. Perez is P seven. Perez P seven. Yeah, and I'm DNF. Yes. Okay. Um, I'll text Mary on to see what she has to say. But um, so then for the, for the podiums, podiums, ooh, you know, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? 
I'll go for I'll but, go for this so with this keep, one. And the reason I ask, of course, because we have Mercedes starting P one P two P three. Yeah. And 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 George Russell, not P- George Hamilton, George Russell being the only other car in the sixteen. So there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of pressure. There's a mm-hmm. lot of people. Eh, there's some people saying Mercedes could win. So okay, Look, you're first. I, What's the podium? I when I saw Lewis Hamilton qualify almost qualify with a. 0.009 off of uh Max Verstappen and then Max and then because that's he was he was 0.009 oh, at, one point, at one point. point yes yes and the first <laughs> thing that, and that point would be before Pere, or before Verstappen actually tried yeah <laughs> well I wouldn't say tried just Verstappen just went was like okay I'll go and put a full half a yeah, second ahead of up, everyone they turned the engine up to 100% and they yeah. said, Max, go do it. One, 107. Did. There's a question about the question of 107% rule that's going on Well, here. the 107% rule is about time. It's not about engine. Oh, okay. Well, don't get me. Don't get my hopes <laughs> up there for that for <laughs> potential penalty. But anyways, so with that, my brother was like, oh, my gosh, oh, 0.009, nine thousandths yep. of a second. Yep. That's amazing. Yep. And the first thing I said was, don't make me believe. Right. Don't, don't give me hope. All right. What's the podium? Uh, so I'm saying, I'm saying Verstappen number one. Verstappen to win. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm going to go on a limb here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say Hamilton, P2. Okay. Alonzo, P3. Hamilton, P2. I think they're going to do a switch. Alonzo, P3. I think they're going to do some sort of switch, mm. some sort of s- strategy. I th- I could even s- I in in my in my gut instinct Kay. is Russell, P2, Alonzo, P3. Yeah, that's my call. Yeah. But my hope is... Is Hamilton P two really okay? Uh, and, and why, why, why? Because I think how happy <laughs> Hamilton was. Did you want him to stay in F one? Yes, mainly that. <laughs> but um, but how happy how he was. Yeah, yeah, how sure. he he his answer wasn't. Yeah, it was a good day. We had a great thing. Right? No, he did. Uh, he, he truly happy. He he looked at it. Uh, he he first of all the very mess of him like, wow, great work, guys. We got this. Let's push for this win. To his post race interview. Uh, so his post qualifying interview of. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to say it's 2007. I'm like he. I'm st- right. I'm right in the good spot for a right. good toe from P1. If George can block uh, Verstappen from moving over, great spot for P1 for an inside push into turn one out or an uh, outside sw- switch into turn two three. Um, I think he's got a really good sh- strategic spot for it. Um, and I think that just because if Lewis is happy and he's working, he's putting more time in this simulator now. Um, he's having the cockpit troubles that everyone talks about, and who knows where where that's going to fit in. But I think that if th- th- we know that there was a slight upgrade, we don't know what it was. But I think that uh, I think this is th- I think this is the wake up thing for Kay. him. I think this is a good this is this is his best chance yep. to get what he wants. Yep. And I think he's going to push for it, and well. I think he's in an attitude of okay, if George is wanna, if George wants to race me, I'm going to dial up my my racing to 120 mm. and see what he does. I yeah I I I don't uh, I wouldn't say that you're wrong I think you you you've made uh, some good calls there but at this point I think in that car George Russell is the better of the two drivers I I actually do agree but I still hope Lewis to do better <laughs> yeah um and, and George Russell is starting on the dirty side of the track yep so. You might see Hamilton actually, yeah, start better and yeah. and get in and and take Russell early. Um, so it could happen. But my call for the podium: uh, Verstappen to win, George George Russell to finish P two, 
and then Alonzo to uh, have Can, three thirds in a row. Yeah. yeah. Qu- quick question for you. In terms of the, how the points allocate, yep. Alonzo, if Alonzo finishes P3, nothing else. Okay. And, and there is enough kind of hopscotch with Perez and Verstappen. Yep. He could technically win the championship just by finishing P3 to P5. Well, to right? win the championship, you have to be the points leader at the end of the season. Yeah. He could lead the championship. Maybe. I, d- I haven't done the math. But there's yeah. a huge difference between win- winning the championship but th- and th- leading the championship. But th- that's, 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 <laughs> yeah, but I think that's part of my question. Though. Like Technically, I'm just thinking long con. Like, he just stays P3. Oh, all season. Like, like all season oh, long. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, sure. he, he could like, win. Like, yeah, yeah, maybe. Mathematically, I think you can potentially uh, win the championship just yeah. by staying there, right? Yeah, well, if no one else switches or does consistently better than you. Well, if if... Yes, you're right in theory, but if it's Red Bull just switching who's first and who's second all season, mm-hmm. then no, he couldn't. No, definitely. So if Max yeah. finishes either first or second all season, then no. And yeah. Perez finishes either first or second all season, then no, of course he cannot. Yeah. Being third all season, but if if ever one of them finishes outside of first or second, then yes, if he was third every single race, yeah. I mean, how were m- that would be it's. I mean, that that's would be astronomical. The odds oh of that happening are astronomically thin. So I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but boy, oh boy, that'd be pretty interesting. That would be, be an amazing time to do. But um, yeah, what, what about yours? You, you, you said that's it. you said yeah, you I'm said Verstappen to win, Russell for second, and Alonso to finish third, and uh, Verstappen to win with fastest lap. Uh, I think he'll get the fastest lap again. And that would keep him in the lead of the world championship uh, after Albert Park, if it does go as a, as I predict. It's not necessarily not necessarily to say that's I ho- how I want it to go or how I hope it will go. I mean, I'd love to see Alonzo win. Um, you know, a couple of points that we didn't talk about yet at all, and that's Verstappen has been sick. He's mm. been ill, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we didn't talk about that at all because so it doesn't make a difference. He's just <laughs> gonna, he's just that's he's just so uh, damn good. But if he if he's not feeling better, and if uh, in fact if he's feeling worse, Danny Rick comes in. Oh my gosh, Danny Rick to come oh in gosh. and win the race, but that won't happen. I think I think Verstappen could Look. be throwing up in the helmet, and he'd still drive the car because he doesn't want to give up the seat. Yeah. But my point being, if he's not feeling better, was that a Mark, was that a Mark Webber? Yeah, reference? he was. That's he was thrown. Did nice. you did you per, did you purposely yeah, do the yeah, mark? Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. That was a good one. That was a and good I'm one. A nice catch. Thank you. Um, point being, though, and the, and the other thing that we did talk about a little bit, but still, I think is worth mentioning again now. The other thing is that Red Bull car, Verstappen's car. If we believe what Verstappen says, the car itself is not healthy. Also, yeah, all the downshifting, the downshifts. But how much of that is just Red Bull needing? Is that is that Managing like you kind of mentioned? Yeah, is trying that to get like sponsor time. Yeah, and, and earlier we talked about you know sponsors paying money to to be on the McLaren, which is a terrible car. Arguably, sponsors are paying Red Bull a lot of money to be on that car, but no one ever sees that sponsorship on TV because nobody focuses on the Red Bull car on TV because it's just in the lead by itself, twenty seconds yeah, ahead. There's no point. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's actually they're a victim of their own success yeah. because their sponsors actually get less TV time <laughs> than McLaren's sponsors, and well, that car is infinitely worse yeah who knows now with ford coming in no you saw i'm sure you must have seen the picture of a uh, horner christian horner and the ceo of ford in front of the ford powertrains red bull a ford recent power one or, or not a recent one I, yeah. I think i saw that at, at launch at the season launch no it was like it was like thursday oh, okay i've not maybe? seen that one yet yeah, but yeah, it was, yeah. It was just the ceo of ford 
is an old school car guy. Oh yeah, he's a racing he's guy. He's a car guy. Very excited. When for he this. was announced as CEO of Ford uh, a couple three years ago, uh, there was a lot of expectation. Not of course just for F one. There was maybe none at that time in the public, but just for that company and maybe some of the other racing. But yeah, he's a car guy. Well, that is we in the last few minutes here. That is the this we we're going to wrap this up. That is your starting grid yep. for tonight, 10 p.m. on F1 TV or on on demand or TSN in Canada worldwide. I think it's usually in America ESPN, but most people worldwide use F1 TV. Uh, most or, or Sky Sports as well. But 10 10 p.m. for Pacific time, 1 a.m. Eastern for the, for those people out here in, in North America. Uh, that is us. Is me, Taryn Midzane, uh, here, and and Walter Foreman as always. It's great to have us. Good, good. It's always great. It's just great to talk F1. It is. It's it also much and fun. I look forward to the next time. Yeah, me too. You can always find us here uh, at the F World at on Twitter, the F World underscore Pod on, on Twitter, the F World dot Pod on Instagram, and the F World dot Pod at gmail.com to email out. And of course, we have the Discord where you can interact with us. You can interact my, you can like us, all three of us. Myself, Walter's there. Walter, you post the most memes most <laughs> of the time, and the most references for all the for the fans. And I love it because I always make take deep dives and learn. Marianne is there all the time too. We have our first uh, another guest of of uh, who came and joined with them. Shout out to you, uh, the Prophets, uh, also known. Oh as yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah we're getting there. We're yeah, getting he's. I, I've interacted with him a few times. He's he's Good. a really fun guy. Just he's so excited to learn to learn more about. And, and I love talking to talking with him on it, and uh, yeah, I thought to play us out. I thought uh, you know it's a good, it's a fun spun spunky day. I don't okay. say spunky, but great. But I thought I'd play some good old fashioned Jimi Hendrix to come to send us out. Love it. I love some Jimi Hendrix. And while we do that, I'm going to crack this in spirit of Lewis Hamilton. I will too. Some cross town traffic. We hope the traffic's good for you today. Cheers, Terry. Cheers, cheers, Walter. There we go. Me, and my monster. You and your Red Bull racing. Here we go. The F world. Thanks, guys. See you. See you next time. Also, yours in racing.